Let me get this recording going. All right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> I am the wolf man. Oh. Uh, I wish I could remember <laughs> even one of the trite, inane things that Wolfman Jack used to say on, <laughs> on Midnight Special. You've been posting a lot of stuff, uh, or at least some pictures or stories from uh, Midnight Special lately. Uh, no, I haven't. It's not you? Hmm. Who has I been? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe it's somebody else on my uh, Facebook feed. Just like still... F- one of your other... Yeah, maybe. One of my other yeah. uh, podcast co-hosts now. Yeah. You're the only one, man. You do, you do like five or six a week, don't you? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, how, how you couldn't do another podcast in? in no, hell no. I mean, not th- without, this one takes all all of the time and energy that either one of us has. No shit. Yeah, we we need a I need an entire staff of people in order to uh, keep up with you know a week's worth of podcasts. That's for sure. Jeez. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just the one. Just the one we're doing takes nine, ten days to get an episode. No shit. Going. Yeah. Because you know we talk for three hours. I right. could talk for hours. <laughs> I still have two hours a- worth of stuff to talk about when we get to the three hour mark. Right. Yeah. I think if we ever got to the point where we were doing five hour podcasts, the uh, listenership might drop off a little bit. <laughs> it's I'm, just a theory. I, I, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. I'm sure it would. Yeah. The three hour mark is, is enough. Yeah. But you know, when I listen to it, I enjoy it. Me too. We I talk know. about a lot of stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, that was an interesting conversation. Yeah. It's funny how, you know, it's like you, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like you kind of forget about what it, you know, what it was. And then in the midst of, editing it you know i hear it but you know i don't hear the entire thing in one you know fluid motion and so later on when i'm like oh yeah i need to listen to how it actually turned out and it's like wow hey wow that really flowed really well well the you know uh we we just posted episode 44 yesterday Mm -hmm. well you did really and then i listened to it and Posted all the things on Facebook that I post that mm. are relevant to our conversation and, you know, tweeted some things. And anyway, uh, I don't know what the point of this story was. now. <laughs> <laughs> My brain completely turned off in the middle of it. I was on well, autopilot and it's like, nope, I'm going to shut down. I, well, I think maybe the point was is that, you know, we we both have our responsibilities to the show. And that's one of your responsibilities to the show, other than being the charming and wonderful talent that you are. Oh, stop. uh, (laughs) Are you going to get all misty? I I know what my point was. I know, right? I know what my point was now. My point Mm -hmm. was that, uh, uh, now it went out of my head again. God damn it. My brain is just shitting all over itself. (laughs) I need notes if I'm going to do a podcast. Um, You know, I don't I don't listen to it all in one continuous fell swoop either, because Uh we'll be talking about something. And and while I'm listening, I'll go look for, you know, a YouTube video about what we're talking about sometimes or or something else. Uh And then I'll start Mm -hmm. watching that YouTube video. And sometimes I'm trying to one that's to find one that's appropriate to the conversation that we're having. Mm -hmm. And. You know, so sometimes I have to stop the podcast so I can listen to the YouTube video and make sure it's it's what I want 
to post to identify with the conversation we're having. Okay, so, that makes sense. Like a three-hour, uh, a three-hour podcast. It usually takes me about four and a half hours to listen to it. By the time I stop to go to the bathroom too, and all the other things I do, so like sure. I, I never listen to the podcast in one overall listening from beginning to end. No, of course not. Yeah, I mean you wouldn't be able to uh, take your notes and yeah, like you said, go to YouTube. And sometimes you might get trapped in a, a YouTube uh, rabbit hole as well, you know. Oh, I've definitely. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's always one thing leads to another. Uh, man, I've fallen into that trap uh, many a time. So, yeah, I can imagine. Oh, me, yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about Kevin Smith, and we talked about how he at one point was going to write a script for Batman, wasn't it? Uh, Superman. Was Super, yeah, Superman, Superman lives. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> even though and we I were, found this, even though we were talking about it as a, a Batman movie as, for about ten minutes before right. we righted ourselves. Yeah. Right. So, and you know, sure enough, I get on YouTube, and there's this thing where where uh, Kevin Smith tells a story about how he got asked to write the script and what was going on, and mm-hmm. meeting the producer John Peters, who was uh, he used to date Barbara Streisand and be a hairdresser, and now he produces movies but just a whole Hmm. a whole lot of stuff uh that he told in the story and it was like 20 minutes long and i i and it was fascinating i had to stop listening to the podcast and watch the video oh i believe it like i had told you in the previous episode when we were discussing it yeah i'd seen the uh the documentary that they did about it you know it was called you know superman lives and uh yeah it was fascinating so i can imagine that any other additional information, other side interviews or little documentaries about it, I'm sure would be amazingly fascinating, you know, adding more information to the whole story. Right. So, and, and yeah. you know, Kevin Smith is like Tarantino or there's some directors out there that you could just listen to him talk for an hour about stuff. You know, they're just interesting people whom you know, and it's like listening to Kevin Smith tell that story, you know, time just flew by um you know i've listened to Tarant- mm-hmm. tarantino talk a few times and it's like yeah it's you can get lost in the conversation with him oh yeah i mean they're so fascinating because they are so energized but whatever they're talking about and yeah they they're wonderful storytellers that's true yeah it's interesting how some some directors are not great public speakers and mm. others are yeah true um you know yeah um of course they both of them have such amazing life experiences, you know, with all the different actors they worked with and the project that projects they've worked on and the, the amazing movies that they've directed and produced. So, yeah, they are just right. amazing with, and interesting within people. And, uh, yeah, within and with and outside the Hollywood system. And, you mm. know, I think that's that's what one of the things that's interesting about Kevin Smith and Tarantino is they both are like outsiders who have worked inside, but they've always kind of kept that outsider mm-hmm. aura about them. You know, sure. they, they never seem to have sold out, even though they've both done big Hollywood movies. Well, true. But if it wasn't for their independent work that they did, they would have never gotten those opportunities to do these big budget Hollywood films. So it's just right. Yeah. They put the indie in independent film. It's kind of been interesting this week. Have you been following this story about the guys who were directing the Han Solo movie getting fired? No. Do tell. Oh, I'm not a big Star Wars fan. In fact, I really don't like Star Wars at all. But apparently there were a couple of guys 
who were directing a Han Solo movie. Okay. Um, and it was going to be it's going to be like a standalone Han Solo movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I, they had directed I can't remember what they directed in the past now, but they had directed some kind of indie features that got a lot of attention. And so uh, whoever is producing, there's a woman producing this film and I don't, can't remember her name, but apparently she's a real micromanager and she wasn't real happy with the way they were doing the job and she, she didn't like what they were doing. And so and they've, been, they've been filming for like eight months or something. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she, she fired him and. Um, oh, no shit. Oh, and it, holy crap. Yeah, okay. And it, it's like uh, and then so there's been a lot of stuff online this week about, oh, does Hollywood really Hollywood isn't interested in uh, hiring auteur directors anymore or indie directors with a voice. They just want, you know, the and so now the Han Solo movie is being directed by Ron Howard. Um, ah, so okay. it's just like, oh, OK, the standard Hollywood kind of guy. So, yeah. True. Now, hold on for it's a second. Little... Had they already been shooting footage Oh yeah. Okay. So here's yeah, the big question: quite a bit. Is all of that going to be shit can, and they're going to start over from scratch, or is Howard going to take what's already been done and just finish it? He's going to take what's been done and finish it, and supposedly okay. he's going to do it in the and try and remain true to what their original vision was, or whatever. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. What a what a crazy crazy turn of events though damn i mean to be part of a project for that long and then all of a sudden producer executive producer decides that she doesn't like the way they're doing things and all of a sudden they're gone crazy right yeah it's not it's been it's was kind of a nutty story and then today there was some thing that i didn't read because you know i get my stories by headline i re- read my news by headline now you don't really need to read the whole friggin' article um don't say but, that uh, <laughs> there was some headline about how mm-hmm. the guy who's playing han solo in the movie is the one who went to the producer and told her that he that they they were supposedly not doing i don't know that there that he oh, had some no. problem with the way they were doing things and so yeah it's turning into all kinds of crazy of course you know half of it who knows half of it could be bullshit Holy um shit. who so who's the actor playing han solo somebody i didn't recognize the name oh okay. uh, some young actor he's probably been in stuff that i haven't i am so like star wars is like i don't even care about star wars now it's there's so much <laughs> remember when it was just three fucking movies and that's all it was and it was just gonna be three movies right i miss those days because now it's you know i mean there was three movies and then there was this christmas special that <laughs> right a few people had taped and yet it was a pirated thing and yeah. there were action figures and that's all you had you know uh-huh i wish we could go back to those days they've let the rabbit out of the hat that's not the phrase what is it they've let the <laughs> genie out of the bottle uh-huh. and now and now it's just you know it's like they just keep splooging star wars crap all over the universe oh hell they're gonna yeah they're gonna ride that money train as long as it has got coal in the coal car yeah i mean <laughs> disney really bought the franchise so yeah so oh it, hell yeah know. they're gonna milk that cash cow till the teats are dry <laughs> and sore and red and inflamed <laughs> like my soul yes <laughs> uh, been having okay. a rough week man i don't know how's your week been my week has been my work week has been horrible well i just want to kill oh, myself i oh, know 
Why don't you vent a little bit about your work week if you feel like it? Oh, it's just been it's just been busy at my work and it's just been uh-huh. stressful. So, I uh, you know I go to work and I hate life for eight hours and then I get off work and we're planning this these trips and you know I got a new car and all this different good things are going on and it's just like so yeah. I'm either like oh you know I'm either like oh things are great or then I go to work and it's like oh life is horrible. And it's just there's no gray area. It's either Uh, all great or horrible. There's no middle ground. Well, shit. It sounds like you need a a good long vacation somewhere. Like I I do. Northern California, perhaps. (laughs) Where the girls are warm. Sure. Uh, Yeah, that's that's Uh, still two months. July, August. That's still two months away. mm -hmm. In um. Yeah. In um. I'll be good and ready for that when it comes. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. In two months, at the end of July, so it's in a month, it's my nephew's birthday. I've decided I'm just going to call him Nephew. It's just gonna, His name is just going to be Nephew now. So it's Nephew's birthday in two months. <laughs> and uh, Nephew, uh, yes. We're going to Dallas to do the Dallas Art Museum and some other museums there because I've, mm-hmm. I've never done that. Right. So we're going to go up to Dallas and spend a couple. We, I, we, I wanted to go. I want to go to this place. Uh, there's an art museum in Arkansas built by the, the woman who is part of the Sam Walton family who has a shit ton of money, and she's bought all this modern art and yeah. American art and a Frank Lloyd Wright house and had it moved to this to Bittenville in Arkansas, and it's called Crystal Bridges. Holy and shit. it's supposed to be this amazing museum with all kinds of amazing art, but it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I wanted to go there, uh-huh. but it, it's either drive 12 hours or fly somewhere and and drive three or four hours. And it's like, eh, I don't want to pay to fly and then rent a car and drive another three hours to get there. Yeah. I and I don't want to drive mean. 12 hours to get there. It's just like I'm going to have to bite the bullet and go eventually at some point. But yeah, um, so that was what we started talking about doing. And then I was like, oh, let's just go to Dallas. <laughs> we can drive there. <laughs> yeah. You know, OK. Stay in well, a cheap hotel. And that's true. And besides, you don't want to be patronizing a place that, uh, you know, the uh, the living wages of Walmart employees has been spent on. Well, actually, I can't I do believe that this. This place is free. I can't remember. I think oh, okay. if it, it's free to the public. So, I mean, at least this woman took the, her ill-gotten gains and did some, <laughs> and bought art with it and, and then is giving something back to the people. Right. Um, you know, so I can support that. I, I don't have to shop yeah. in their stores and that kind of shit, but I can support right. You know, I was being a little snarky. I mean, certainly, oh. yeah, it sounds like an amazing place to uh, go see, especially if she's got a an extensive art collection and a Frank Lloyd Wright house that was yeah. actually moved from its original location to where it sits now in Arkansas. Wow. That's, piece uh, by piece. Yeah, that, it's crazy. That is not a cheap endeavor. That uh, Yeah. Yeah, that took some cash, you know, Shola. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, Mark, I don't support Walmart. I don't go to Walmart. You know, I haven't eaten at Chick-fil-A for like six years. That's true. You know, I don't support haters and minimum wagers. And, Neither do you know, I. I, go yeah. to, I go to McDonald's, but they probably and they're probably they're all horrible. Let's face it. Every business is horrible. Every <laughs> every except right. for stores that are independently owned, because those businesses are all about making money. 
Well, but some of them true. are very are very vocal about giving their profits to horrible, hateful institutions. And so mm-hmm. once you tell me you're doing that, I don't have to go there anymore. Right. I mean, it's if, like, you know, I can't remember the last time I went to Hobby Lobby ever since they. Uh, uh, right. Exactly. Did all their bullshit. Yeah. Went you down know? the slope there. <laughs> well, but, okay. you know. It's like I give, you know, I go to places. People are always like, oh, all places are bad. You know, every every business is bad, uh, especially like a, a large chain store is bad. And I'm sure, you know, like uh, there are some out there that a lot of them do give their money to horrible charities that I wouldn't support. But if they're not vocal about it, I'm not going to do the research. That would take time and energy. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, is there a movie that's about to come out or has it recently come out about uh, the beginning of McDonald's and how the original guy got screwed out of uh, out of his uh, legacy? Well, it's it was like, it's about Ray Kroc, right? Who isn't the founder of McDonald's, but he was the one who bought it and turned it into a huge chain. Okay, and, and um. And he's played by um, Michael Keaton in the movie. Right. I, I, I don't know. You know, I worked for McDonald's as a teenager. I don't know. Mm. I don't know that Ray Kroc really screwed anybody. Maybe there are some people who are bitter, but I, I you know, he he was a guy who sold the um, the machines that that mix milkshakes. That's how he oh. found McDonald's. Okay. And he hmm. bought the the store from the the brothers the McDonald brothers, I think, who were running it, and then started open more and more or something. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I need to go see the movie because I obviously don't know the story behind it all. And, and I and I may be wrong. He may uh-huh. there may be some bad blood somewhere there with someone. I don't know. Yeah, it would be, you know, not a very interesting story if, uh, you know, everything was rosy the entire time. It would be just a big giant advertisement for McDonald's. If that were the case, got to be right. some got to be some drama in there somewhere, right? I'm sure there is. Yeah. yeah. You're okay. right. It looked interesting. I would like to see it. It came out mm-hmm. a couple months ago. You can probably see it on. I know you. It's out on DVD, so you can probably see it on Netflix or one of those places too. Right. Is it? Is it called Croc? No, it's called The Founder. The Founder. Okay. Yeah. Horrible right. name for a movie. That's probably why nobody nobody went to see it. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Um, hmm. When I saw the um, previews, it looked kind of interesting. Yeah. Of course, you know. I, yeah. I, I, I'd go, you know. see, I'd go see Michael Keaton in just about anything he does. He usually puts up a very nice performance in pretty much He's everything I've seen him in lately. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's And I think we talked about this last week when Adam West died. He's my Batman. To me, Michael Keaton is Batman. You know, he'll uh, always be Batman to me. I, I think of him as Batman. As far as Hollywood goes, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Since, you know, he was, yeah. the, he was the icebreaker Batman. You know, the Batman that came along after there hadn't been any television or or movie versions of Batman. Have yeah. you seen uh uh-huh. go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember the director of the the Batman movie that Michael Keaton was in. I don't know why I always Tim Burton. It. Tim Burton, of course. Yeah. Same, same guy who was going to do uh Superman Lives that never happened. Yep, that's true that never mm-hmm. happened and I think that's yeah. where where Batman came from from eventually but i could be wrong um have you ever seen my did you see um michael keaton in birdman or the birdman whichever yes yeah yeah freaking great in that movie right i wonder if we ever talked about that on the podcast i can't remember 
But, I think you, I watched it before we started doing the podcast. Yeah, I think me too. So yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's a great movie. I'd like so to another watch it movie again. with mm-hmm. Michael Keaton that I haven't seen for years called Clean and Sober that I remember as being a really great movie. I can't remember a goddamn thing that happens in it. He's in rehab. He's right. trying to get clean and sober, but there's more to it than that. Yeah, and th- that sounds familiar. I think I probably have seen it or at least bits and pieces of it, you know, flipping through Showtime channels. But, uh, you know, yeah. I have it on DVD, mm. but I and I watched it several years ago, but I haven't watched it in quite a while. I feel mm. like there's some kind of he meets a girl at the at the rehab at the like it's like Narcotics Anonymous kind of place. Mm. Mm-hmm. Does he meet a girl and she's involved? in? So I feel like there's some kind of murder mystery in it. Oh, but hmm. maybe I'm totally losing my mind. It could know. be something completely <laughs> You might be you know. mix, mixing two mo- Keaton movies together. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah, knows? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's been in a lot of stuff. Okay. Well, yeah, I had some um, sad news uh, this week. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, one of my aunts died um, uh, this week. And so this weekend, Sierra and I are going to uh, her memorial service in Houston. Uh, I, I don't know if I had mentioned her to you before. Uh, she uh, had ALS. Uh, you know, Luke Eric's disease. I guess we did. We uh-huh. never talked about it, and so yeah. Uh, apparently, doesn't finally, sound familiar, but yeah. But uh, yeah, finally she succumbed to the disease. So yeah, that's that's what we're doing this weekend. The good thing for me is that uh, this is terrible. I'm going to be the shit the shit guy. Like last week, we traded places being the shittiest person on right. the podcast. I'm I'm about to win the title back. Okay. But, you know, my mom was an only child, and like so, her side of the family. There's a few people that we know, but for the most part, you know, her mom and dad, my grandparents are dead, and and mm-hmm. most of my aunts and uncles that would be her parents siblings are are dead and and there's not a lot of cousins on that side or anything there's a few people right but on my dad's side he had seven brothers and sisters and so there's a lots of aunts and uncles and cousins on that side uh-huh. but all almost all of them are in Iowa so my mom told me last weekend I was in Houston I, uh, uh, I'll tell you all about that in a little bit but mm-hmm. um told me one of my uncles died and um it's like they're in Iowa. I can't go to all these funerals in Iowa. I can't make it up there. And yeah. it's te- it sounds terrible, but, you well, know, if I lived closer, I'd be going to funerals all the damn time. Right. The sad thing about my aunt, she really wasn't that old. You know, it's just this horrible, horrible disease. And, uh, you know, she was pro- uh, probably only like 60. She was only like eight years older than me. So, wow. yeah. You know, that's, uh, like I said, that's a horrible disease. I mean, how Stephen Hawking has been living with this disease for decades, I'll never know. Of course, he probably has access to... He's a brain... He's a vampire. He's a brain in a vat. um, (laughs) Just about. Um, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but anyway, she was one of my favorite aunts because she was so close in age to you know me and my brothers and sisters and so she was always kind of the the cool intelligent fun and she was married to one of my favorite uncles who uh is cool intelligent and fun so yeah i really feel for him and their kids and everything and so yeah it's going to be a kind of a sad weekend but that's the way life is isn't it Freaking uh-huh. podcast to a grinding fucking halt, <laughs> why don't you? <ya? laughs> oh, come on, man. 
You're, okay. The mantle of shame has been firmly put upon your shoulders right now. You oh, ask. man. Oh, uh, I know. Okay. You know, sometimes well, I, sometimes I, you, you just know. got you got to let those let let that let that stuff out, man. Yeah, I understand. All right. Yeah. And the, I think the pre-show yeah. is a good place for that to happen. Uh, you letting it all out? Yeah. Yeah, just so that I can ramp myself up to get into the show here. All right. I'm going to edit all that out. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it, baby. I was waiting for it. Where is it? It's yeah. coming. <laughs> All right. I'm not gonna yeah. talk. I'm not gonna no. say any more. Listen, man. I I am. I mm-hmm. hate when stuff like this happens because you know I'm not a religious person, so I don't say things like you know. And on Facebook, it's hard too. It's like people put oh my prayers are with you and all that and i'm just like i don't pray for anybody because it's i don't believe in prayer Uh, so you know my biggest thing like that would be like i'm sending good vibes your way which sounds sounds (laughs) totally ridiculous too but you know because there's you know what am i supposed to say to you oh i'm so sorry for your loss or there's nothing that i can say Mm -hmm. that really makes it any better well, you know, they don't care about you. Right. Yeah, I get it. And you need a shoulder to cry on. I'm here for you. I know. And every time somebody, you know, when I see somebody post something on Facebook and they're talking about some tragedy that happens in their life and everybody's like, oh, I'm going to pray for you. And I remember the quote that somebody said, you know, prayer is the closest thing to uh, doing just nothing. So, right, you know, because exactly. it's really, you know, yeah. It's there have been scientific studies of prayer about people who are in hospitals sick and they they specifically had groups of people praying for the person. And it actually turned out statistically that the person's health actually declined in the instance when prayer was being used. (laughs) And now it could be that the people were told that people were praying for them. And so that put them under stress that they were like, oh, shit, well, I guess I better get well now. And uh, yeah, their health actually declined. Um, so yeah anyway (laughs) it's it's so weird because you know our brains do so many things Uh that we don't know about and i sir you know i I, sometimes i'm uh, you know i'll believe stuff sometimes like Mm -hmm. i believe that if you you know if you keep a, a good mental attitude that you that that will help you stay healthier stress will kill you faster than anything stress and worry will kill you faster than anything right i really believe that that you know you can get sick just from being stressed and worried about stuff Mm -hmm. but you know i don't know you know there's these people who believe you know oh, oh people who it's just like that thing where they're like oh they took these guys they made them all shoot baskets and then they split them into two groups and one group shot baskets and practiced every day for for a week mm-hmm. and the other group just thought about shooting baskets for a week yes. and then they they have them shoot baskets again at the end of the week and the people who just thought about it improve as much as the people who actually practiced did you know i've heard about that knows? study yeah i have heard about yeah, that study things like that but you who know. knows if you know our brains are are so vast and complex who knows what crazy crap can really be going on there right so That's you know a good point i mean yeah i've i've heard about you know what they call i think it's called creative visualization you know, actually right. thinking about Something or, like or that, yeah. visualizing the the actual act, yeah, and having some positive effects. You know, I I haven't necessarily read you know extensively any studies like that and and under what conditions they conducted these tests or studies, but it's yeah, it's interesting. 
It is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I used to believe that, like, I, like, you know, there's also this thing, like, when people die and they see the light or they see their relatives or, you know, mm-hmm. who are already dead and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's just in your own head. You know, there's there's well, nothing going on, you know. You know. The, uh, but the, the brain does a lot of... What do I know? Of, I could be completely wrong. Well, you could be, but uh, the, the brain does a lot of uh, very interesting things when it's deprived of oxygen. You can see a lot of... Uh, uh, visions or uh, hallucinations uh, when the brain is pretty uh, colors <laughs> exactly so oh yeah, man you know. hmm. yeah fun stuff <laughs> yeah see we slippery sloped all the way from your aunt dying i'm sorry to hear that yeah to uh pretty colors so right uh, <laughs> uh, let, let, let me give the last word about um als or lou gehrig's disease hey if you want to donate your money to something maybe donate your money to uh research into als so this fucking disease can finally be cured it sucks for everyone involved obviously the person who's going through it and all the people around them you know so well for everyone but lou gehrig remember he considered it the luckiest day of his life well, no, I'm, I'm just fucking oh, with you. That's so fucked up. <laughs> or what does he say? Today I consider myself the luckiest, the luckiest man alive. Isn't that what he says? The luckiest yeah. man in the world, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you know that's because he, you know, he's at you know uh, Yankee Stadium and thirty thousand people are cheering from him. So you know that's probably yeah. the reason he said that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was played by Gary Cooper, and who? Let's face it, who the fuck doesn't want to be played by Gary Cooper? That's right. Yeah. Gonna, someone's gonna have to play you in a movie. Yeah, he got Gary a lot Cooper's out of it. Man. Right. So, right. Anyway, what's the other one? That's um. Oh, it's Parkinson's that Michael J. Fox has. Yes. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, see, that, I don't. Um, would uh, yeah? Isn't like aren't they similar it. in some way? Um, like, don't they? Aren't both of them their your body kinds of shuts down eventually? I, yeah, seems like um, Parkinson's is somewhat treatable, uh, whereas right. yeah, ALS is just wow. It's 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 rough. It's it, yeah, it yeah. just it just ravages the body. I mean, Parkinson's is a kind of a slow progressing thing where you know kind of starts with tremors and you know over many years gets you know progressively worse. Um, but yeah, I don't know that much about it. Um, Parkinson's per se, but yeah. I mean, I had an mm-hmm. yeah, I had an aunt who died, and I think it was Parkinson's that she has. Ah, uh, okay. Had, yeah. That she had. Mm-hmm. I always think it's I, when people say ALS, I always think of her, and then I'm like, no, it wasn't ALS, but it was very similar. It just slowly over time, her ability to move and do things. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that evaporated? Yeah. Have you seen that video of the guy who had? Parkinson's real bad, you know, very shaky, you know, just, I mean, really unable to control his body. And then he um, takes a few hits off of a bong and within minutes he's got regular movement in his limbs. Um, You know, I I haven't necessarily done any research into seeing if that was a legitimate video, but it's I've I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But uh, if that's true, that's, you know, the the medical benefits of uh, marijuana have yet to be tapped. And if we could just get rid of these oppressive laws that Jeff Sessions wants to put in back into place. 
we're just going to go back what in a time. Yeah. Fucking nut job. Right. What? I mean, it's just like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You know, these dumbasses who voted for Trump put him in there because they really wanted him to tear the federal government apart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whatever. If that's what you want to do, if you just want to see him burn the shit house down, I'm kind of all for that. If, if he would just go in there and just tear, tear it apart, be like, you know what? We're going to just tear this motherfucker apart and start from scratch. I could almost get behind that. But well, yeah, then he put, you know, that's not really what he wants to do. He wants to just make it good for rich people. But, you know, Jeff Sessions, right. Jesus Christ, it's like having fucking um, Grant. What's his name? Uh, Jed Clampett for the your fucking whatever the fuck he is. I'm mad now. <laughs> Well, what is he? The, is he the attorney general? Yes, he is the attorney general. Yeah. Hell, it's like having Jed, Jed Clampett for the fucking attorney general. Shit, Jed Clampett would be a, a progress from Jeff Sessions. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know who Jeff Sessions reminds me of? Oh. He reminds me of fucking uh, Granny? the guy who was in Laughing. No, the guy who was in Laughing, Henry Gibson, who used to read the little poems and hold a flower and shit. You remember right? Henry Gibson? Oh, of course, I remember. <laughs> I, I just, I just expect sessions to come out sometimes and go a poem about a flower, <laughs> <laughs> or some other Henry Gibson bit. Right. He just looks almost like him. Oh, that's funny. That's funny because I saw a meme where they had a, a picture side by side of Jeff Sessions and uh, Irene Ryan, the the woman who played Granny on <laughs> on the Beverly Hillbillies, and that's where I thought you were eventually going to when you mentioned Jed Clampett, <laughs> but apparently not. But yeah, there was a side by side picture of Jeff Session kind of pouting his lips, and, and they had a picture of Irene Ryan right next to I can see it him, in my head, yeah. Pouting her lips at the same time with both of them with their, you know, their hair pulled back. Her, Jeff Sessions is combed back, and with Granny was, you know, pulled back into that bun. But, right. So that was hilarious. I can, I can um, see the, yeah, I, I can see right. the comparison. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, so. So yeah, you know, we're moving toward an oligarchy, an authoritarian oligarchy, and if Trump gets kicked out or impeached, then we get to have a theocracy, so stay tuned, kids. It's going to be a wonderful next uh, four years. Oh, boy. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it like three and a half? Aren't we down to three and a half? I think I can make it three uh, and a half. I can't make it four. Okay. I can't make it three and a half. I've oh, got about another I, a year and a half is it's just about all I can take. It's already felt like two years. I know. Yeah. I don't think I can take four years. Four fucking years. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I know. Did I ever tell you the story of when I was, let's see, um, Nixon was elected in what, 68 and then 72? Yes. Yeah. So in 72, when Nixon's reelected, I'm mm-hmm. nine. And the night of the uh, election, we're over at my – it's really funny. We're over at my aunt and uncle's house, mm-hmm. and it's the aunt that eventually died with, with Parkinson's, yes. um, which is crazy. But anyway, they're, we're watching the election results, and my parents were such strong Democrats that – you know, and Nixon was such – already at that by that point was such a fuck-up. And you know, it, was, it was kind of like the same thing. It's like – how, how would anybody vote for this guy? Mm-hmm. And when he won the election, I'm nine years old crying. He's going to be president until I'm 13. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed like the longest fucking time in the world. And, of course, he didn't make it, thank goodness. But then you right. know, we had Ford, which was nuts. Yeah, well, yeah. Ford yeah. was there just to uh, – 
pardon Nixon because yeah. um, before, yeah, I guess Nixon's vice president before Ford was Spiro Agnew, who had to resign because of some shady business dealings he was involved in. Yeah. So weird shit, man. Um, all I all I know yep. and remember is that my parents voted for Hubert Humphrey in '72. I guess mine did too because mm-hmm. I know they didn't. I know my mom didn't vote for Nixon. My dad at that point, I think, was still a pretty strong Democrat. Yeah. He didn't become a Republican until he got down here and started working with a bunch of good old boys. Ah, uh, yeah. My my parents voted Democratic until like 1980. I think that's when we lost my dad too. Oh yeah. Uh, He may have voted for Carter for the second, for Carter in 80, but I'm sure he voted for Reagan in 84. Oh, you know, I think you're right. Yeah. I think my parents liked Carter, so they voted for him. He was elected and then he was defeated by Reagan in 80. Yeah. Then Reagan's second term. I think that's when they made the switch. I don't know. I can't remember. What Don't get we- started on Reagan. That oh, man, what yeah. a fucking nightmare he was. I know. I'm just, just trying to forget. Of course, compared to the current occupant of the White House, Reagan was a, a mental giant. Oh, he's, yeah. Mentally, yes. He was still an asshole, uh, piece of shit Republican who couldn't even say the word AIDS for eight years. But, well, well that's true. That, but, uh, yeah, you know. Right. That's definitely... I hate Reagan. I hate him so much. And he and the Republicans love to hold him up as some kind of great example. And he was a piece of shit who put fucking homeless people out on the street with no one to take care of them. <laughs> oh, they want to be homeless. You know, homeless people. There are people who want to be homeless. Right. Oh, God, Jesus. And fucking and, right. And he the... regulated everything. Yeah. And the original. The fake news stories about the, you know, the, the so-called welfare queens who are living, you know, high on the hog. And there was maybe right. one woman out there who was actually part of organized crime who um, actually was bilking the welfare system. But they were they were taking this, you know, point zero 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 one percent of the entire people that were on welfare and using her as the the model so that legislation could be written to slowly destroy the uh, welfare system. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's one Nuts. of those old tactics, you know, put up put up a straw man and, you know, knock it down. Willie Horton. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Huh? Fucking. Anyway. <laughs> hey, man, can we stop talking about this stuff? God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Just, yeah. This, this is the this is the <laughs> most downer, horrible pre-show ever. <laughs> I know. Jesus. Yeah. We're, I hate sorry, it. listeners. Oh. Yeah. We, we oh kind of, man. We went down some dark alleys. I had a sh- yeah. I had a shitty week. I've been looking forward to this podcast for a whole week, just making it to Friday when we were going to record the podcast. Just I just had to get through one more day. <laughs> okay. We're just maybe we're just sque- <laughs> we're just, <laughs> we're just squeeze, squeezing out some negative energy so that uh, oh, we can get Christ. on with our lives and uh, and make it better next week. Yeah, I feel like a sponge full of piss and pine salt, and I just need you to squeeze <laughs> me dry. 
Uh, Leave me fucking dry, man. Oh, that's that's a that's a hilarious <laughs> mental image. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. And what's what's sad? What's sad about this whole intro is, mm-hmm. is there's I had a great weekend last weekend, and I can't wait to tell you about it. That's right. Um, hanging hanging out in Houston, and then of course me and Sierra worked on a uh, I wouldn't call it a project, but me and Sierra. There's something we did that I want to talk about. I I think you know what that is. Um, And then, you know, Twin Peaks and the last Fargo. Dude. Yeah, that's right. There's lots of good stuff to talk about. There is. And right before. Right before the show started, mm-hmm. I got to watch some episodes of Andy Mack in the season uh, uh, f- finale of Andy Mack, my favorite new show on I, Disney Channel. I know nothing about that. That's the one I we, I talked about it a couple episodes ago. Yeah. It just makes me happy. It's oh, just a cute, sweet show that makes me happy. That's right. That's that show <laughs> about mortgage banking. I forgot about that. Yes. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I don't know why I, you know, I still, one thing I I think, so there's like a, there was like a great moment in the season finale, right? So Andy Mack is in love with this, has a crush on this boy who's like the cool boy in her class, right? You know, Uh but he's a, he's a really, he's a nice boy and they're friends, but she kind of has feelings for him. And he's dating this girl that's kind of a cheerleader type, you know, she's just not a, a really nice person, but she's not inherently evil. She's just kind of one of those girls that's mm. into, you know, she's dating this guy for, because he's the, it's like, she's dating him. But he isn't the quarterback, but that's kind of like why she's dating him, you know, because he's like this, the, the guy that everyone wants to date. So of course she wants him. One question. Anyway. Uh huh. Does she have a nice set of pom poms? She does. Okay. <laughs> no, she's a, she's she's a pretty girl. She's okay. definitely a pretty girl. All right. So so anyway, here's one thing I wanted to tell you: the boy who plays the the boy that Andy Mack has a crush on, he, his actor name mm-hmm. is oh shit, I'm gonna forget it. It's something. Oh, it's Asher Angel. <laughs> Come on, that is his that stage is, name. Oh my uh, god. Asher Angel. Oh my God, hearts are just a flutter. And um, what's his real name? So it, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's his actor name, Boykin um, Leibowitz. No. Yeah, they had to change it. Right. So, <laughs> Asher Angel. Hey, um, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of really bad guys' names, but whatever you just said was pretty good. Leib. <laughs> You threw me off. <laughs> Esther, anyway. Esther Victoria Blodgett. Never mind. <laughs> yes, I get that reference. Because I'm gay. Yes. Um, so anyway, Andy Mack also, so Andy Mack finally tells him, you know, like he's asked Andy to help him buy a gift for his girlfriend. Mm. It's like he doesn't realize she has a crush on him. And he's asked her to help him. Like he wanted to put a card on the gift and he asked her to help him write something on the card because he's just a dumb boy. You know how boys are. Uh. And 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 so finally, Andy tells him, you know, I, I, you just can't ask me to do all these things anymore. It's, it's not what a friend does or whatever. Mm. And uh, and she kind of walks away. And then the girlfriend realizes realizes that Andy has a crush on him and he she's like he's like she's like you like her don't you and she likes you and all this stuff and mm-hmm. and and Andy has this little friend who's a little gay boy but he doesn't know it yet you know right. 
Um, and so, so the girlfriend is like, as Andy and the, and the gay boy are walking away, uh, uh, the girlfriend says, if she turns around and to look back and see if you're still here, that means she likes you. And so, uh, they, they cut to Andy and the boy walking away and the boy turns around and (laughs) looks at him, (laughs) which I thought was, I thought that was kind of clever. Uh, And then, and then eventually Andy does turn around and look for him, but, Hmm. um, it's just a it's a, it's a cute fun show. It made me happy. See now, see just talking about it makes me happy. Okay. Good. You sound happy. <laughs> I think that was that was a good palate cleanser yeah. from our slightly depressing uh, um pre-show and moving yeah. into the full show. The full show. The actual show. Yeah. Right. The show officially starts. Yeah. So having said that, in 3, 2, 1, Keeping podcasts weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you Toby Hooper, Bob Schieffer, Club Foot, Gary Clark Jr., Angus T. Jones, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Clifford Antone, the Carousel Lounge, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats, it's a slippery slope. The podcast with the dazed and confused slackers, Mark Browner and Lodger. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, you like how Who's I just... Angus T. Jones? I just jumped straight into that. You know, he was on... I uh, did like um, that. Two yeah, and a Half with, Men? With, with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, Two and a Half Men. The kid that played the kid on Two and a Half Men is yes. from Austin? Yes. No, he's not. Yes. He's a... No, he's not from here. Yes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he was on a list. <laughs> he was on a list of people from Austin, but uh, sometimes those can be deceptive. But um, right, yeah, he may just be from Texas, and that somebody erroneously put him on a list of being an Austin native. Who right, knows? when he's really from like Marble Falls or something. Oh, that could be. Yes. That yes. totally reminds me too. He they found um, him in driftwood underneath a stump. Yeah. 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 Right there next to the salt lake. Yes, and that's where he went back to, underneath a stump, because he was ashamed. <laughs> he was ashamed of being on a TV show that was making him rich. Yeah, where he had to act like a boy who was interested in dirty stuff and was just kind of an idiot and a stoner. Yeah, <laughs> he he turned into a. I don't know who gets a hold of those kids and then just turns them into raving nutcases. What a what a dickwad! Uh, I hope he ends up with a needle in his arm laying in an alley somewhere <laughs> dead. Oh, oh man, that is so bad. That's so bad. Oh. oh, edit that out, man. You better edit that. Yeah, out. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna edit that out. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, I don't no, know. but yeah. um. Yeah. When I mentioned Marble Falls, I guess I mentioned that because subconsciously I was thinking about I watched this show last night called uh, Boy Band. It's uh-huh. like a uh, American Idol type show that they've just started. Oh, OK. Where there where there where there are. So what's great about it is it's all boys. You don't have to put up with the lousy girl singers. It's just <laughs> all pretty boys. Okay, I can see why you're going to to be a uh, a weekend yes a weekend and week out uh, viewer of the show. 
Oh, yeah? A boy band, yeah. Uh-huh. And one of the boys was from Marble Falls. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I can't. I don't know if he made it through the first round. So, like, they had a two-hour premiere last night, and they started with mm-hmm. 30 boys, which – who wouldn't start with 30 boys if they could? And <laughs> then he <laughs> – <laughs> and then he and then they narrowed it down to 18 boys so that we had to say goodbye to 12 boys bye okay and um so but it's kind of cool uh-huh so what are they gonna do they're uh they're gonna wheedle it down to like four boys and then they're gonna put them all together into one band together is that what the plan is well i'm not sure what the plan is what they've done at this point is after they <laughs> they had all the boys audition kind of like they do on american idol right and and after they all auditioned, they they let 12 of them go, so they had 18. Mm-hmm. They took those 18 boys and split them into three groups of six. And then ah, okay. last, last night they had the first group. Uh, they all go and train together and, and put a number together where they're going to sing and dance like a real boy band. Uh-huh. And and then they perform it, and then the judges picked one of them to eliminate. Okay. So Let's... in the next episodes, mm-hmm. the, they'll do the other two groups. Okay. So what I know at this point is that's the next step is these last two groups will perform, and they'll eliminate one boy from each. Then they've made it seem like they're going to, you know, re – they may go with three groups of five again. They may do something else. And then they said in three weeks they would start having live shows. So eventually mm-hmm. it's going to be more like American Idol. But it's kind of cool right. because they have to – they can't just – you know, it's not just a thing where they get up and sing like a, like a singing group. They have to dance and have choreography, and they, they have oh. to put on a whole performance like a boy band would do mm-hmm. and um so it's you know it, the, the and the guys who went last night they were really good i was like i don't know how the judges picked one to to let go because they all did a really good job um and the judges are like um uh, timberlake uh-huh. and one of the spice girls and um nick uh what's his last name carter, nick carter from uh yeah. yeah from backstreet boys mm-hmm um, okay. So, so they, yeah, yeah. So the judges are people who have been in, you know, a, a multiple member singing groups. So okay, it it makes sense. Sounds like the perfect yeah. kind of judges to have for for that that kind of a show. So hmm. right. And they don't call them judges; they call them the architects because they're putting together the the they're the architects who will end up with the greatest boy band of all time when the show is over. <laughs> of course, yes. That's that's <laughs> but, really going to happen. Well, it, it yeah. may, it may, you know, and, and it may, you know, it's, it's interesting. My, uh, that's exactly how they put the monkeys together. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the musical group? I thought you were yes. talking about actual monkeys. No. <laughs> yes. You know, if, did you hear that you put a hundred monkeys in front of a hundred typewriters for a hundred days, the smell would be horrible. <laughs> I, well, I, of course. Okay, I stole that from David Letterman. That's a Letterman joke. Ah, so I, I got to give proper uh, uh, credit where credits due. <laughs> right. I mean, the 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 real saying is that they would uh, one of them would eventually write Shakespeare or something like that. Right? right. Yes. Exactly. And and we all know the best they could do would be like Jacqueline Susanna. They can't really do. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> right. It would be yes. It'd be a romance novel about of about a bunch of bonobos banging the hell out of each other. Oh but, yeah, yeah. You know, 
someone's gonna get a banana in their tailpipe um (laughs) just just so it's on the record my my favorite boy band uh guy right now is jay hype i I, jay hype's just amazing jay hype okay (laughs) yeah he's my favorite right now I don't know Jay Hype from Adam, but, <laughs> but uh, I'll take your word Trust for me, it. Trust me, you will know Jay Hype eventually. Oh, okay. You think he's going to be big, huh? <laughs> no. All right. no. No, he's just the cutest. Uh-huh. That's all. All right. Okay, anyway, I don't know how – I really didn't hadn't planned on talking about boy band, but there we, there you are. Is, uh, That's what happens. Is Jay Hype the uh, Troy Savon of the 2020s? Possibly. Ah, uh, Okay. He's a what's cool about him. Well, he's he's really cute, of course. But what's cool about him is he's a beatboxer. So he's not your typical mm. singer like mm. everyone else was. So uh-huh. he was in one. He, he, I don't know why I'm going on about this. He was in the group of six guys that performed last night and they oh. kind of made a they kind of took a song and did it and they gave him a little space to beatbox in it. Mm-hmm. But he also can sing and he and he sang backup as well. And then he had all the dance moves down and everything. Um, and so he did not, he wasn't the one who got eliminated. I thought he'd be the first to go since he's not a singer in the, of the caliber of the other guys, but he's, but he's, he's an amazing beatboxer and Mm -hmm. I'm not even a fan of beatboxing. It's kind of silly really, but does he like uh, spit and thump his chest a lot? Oh, uh, in my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) When I say Uh, spit, I don't mean literally spitting, but I mean, he's, he's doing stuff with his lips and, and, (laughs) and thumping on his chest at the same time. (laughs) Uh, I don't think he's thumping on his chest. I'm I'm just digging a hole even deeper, aren't I? Okay. I know, right? Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, in my dreams, he's spitting and <laughs> he's um, doing stuff with his lips." <laughs> right? Yeah, I think he just puts the microphone up to his mouth, and it's that. But he does it really well. He's actually right. a very good beatboxer. Yeah, um, yeah, some definitely. Very talented people who can do some amazing stuff with their just with their vocal cords and and lips and stuff. So and their mouth. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> you gonna leave that one alone uh, Lodger, um, Lodger's feeling a thickness in his loins Yeah <laughs> So then Did you watch last night Did you watch the gong show No Is that the one with Mike I, Myers uh, Masquerading as some British talk show host Or game show host Yes Yeah, yeah. I read about yes. it But I didn't I haven't seen it So I, I, I guess I need to look for it I, I We're already into the TV heaven segment But um, <laughs> I uh, guess we but, are uh, So I'm sorry I got that started, but it's just kind of evolved from our conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, I just thought the idea of having – so it's Mike Myers. He plays a guy named Tommy Maitland who's a British kind of presenter type guy. Uh Um, And and I thought this is stupid because he plays that guy the whole way, and and, and Mm -hmm. not once do they reference the fact that it's Mike Myers in a costume. Oh, but so it's a surprise. Yeah, it, okay. Mm-hmm. He yeah he he plays it as if he's just this guy. It's a, like a character he plays all the way through the mm-hmm. show, hmm. and uh, but he says some incredibly off the wall funny shit. Right. And like last night, the judges were um, Will Will Arnett and uh, Kim Jong, the guy, the Asian guy who's in um, Hangover, and he has the show that got canceled called Doctor Kin. Yes. And um, uh-huh. Zach Galifianakis. Right. And so, what was great about the show last night was 
because especially because Galifianakis is such a nut nut job anyway, they right. let a lot of the crazy ones do their whole act. Mm-hmm. You know, it it wasn't like where they 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 gonged a couple of them, but for the most part, they didn't gong anyone. Hmm. And okay. then you know. Um, Mike Myers as Tommy Maitland would say something incredibly kind of random and off the wall and funny, and they'd be laughing. They just seem to really enjoy themselves playing, playing, doing the judging. Okay. You know, they just seem to have a really good time. They got totally uh-huh. into the spirit of it, and right. it and it actually was really fun and funny. Hmm. The- what I read about it, I said that yeah, all of the acts that they had were like the most absurd acts that you could have on a, a show like that. Is that true? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, there wasn't anything that was particularly unweird or, or there mm-hmm. wasn't anything that mm-hmm. was, was like a, a real standard performer. Right. Um, like the cup, the couple that won the, the act that won was this married couple that they took bites of bananas and spit it into each other's mouth. And oh, then they shit. actually went over to the judges and they were biting pieces off and having the judges bite pieces off and mm-hmm. spin them into their mouths and catching oh, them. Really? And then, yes. And then for the very last thing, they're on stage and he, she keeps biting off little pieces of banana and spitting it in his mouth and he keeps catching them mm-hmm. until he has this huge wad of banana in his mouth. And <laughs> then she, she kind of lays down on the floor and he leans over her and spits this big wad of banana oh. into her mouth. It looked it looked obscene. Wow. It was crazy. It was it really literally was one of the craziest things I've ever seen on television. And Galifianakis and Arnett were just loving it, laughing their asses off. And the other oh, guy too. Sure. Kim Jong was too. And and it was just so it was like fun and funny. And it was just one of those things where you were like, I can't believe they're not gonging them. <laughs> and I can't believe how much I'm really enjoying watching. <laughs> right. That is so bizarre. That's like some strange uh, modern day porn, you know, banana, banana spitting. (laughs) Yeah. Banana snowballing or whatever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Banana balling. Right. But it was, it was, Mm. it was really strange. But what was great about it was the, the guys who were playing the judges just enjoyed it so much that you couldn't help but laugh with them and enjoy it too. You know, Mm -hmm. it just kind of just got more and more absurd to the point where it was hilarious. Yeah. I was really surprised. I, I thought I was going to hate it. Okay. Um, and it's it's an hour long. It's way too long. It needs to just be mm. a half hour. Right. Um, like the original but, show. Can, yeah. And I can see where if you had the you know it once they get some more normal for lack of a better word normal people on there as judges normal celebrities it may not be as much fun. Mm. Um, I I was like oh I'll watch the first one I probably won't make it all the way through just to say I watched it and gave it a chance and then I ended up watching the whole thing and laughing through a lot of it mm. I'm like yeah I might watch it again. Okay, <laughs> sounds interesting. Yeah, as it was time kind of cool. Sure, as time goes on, they're going to have a you know J.P. Morgan and Artie Johnson as as hosts as judges as yeah. judges. Yes, of course. I but, mean, what's the modern day version of J.P. Morgan and Artie Johnson? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like. Uh, Right. I, I, Who knows? It's like, I can't even come up with someone. There are no modern yeah. day versions. They were totally unique individuals that never will be right, reproduced right. ever again. Like it'll be one of the girls from Bananarama and <laughs> I don't know, Tim Meadows. 
Yes, Tim Meadows. <laughs> Who's the blandest guy you can think of that was ever on Saturday Night Live that's still alive? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tim Tim Meadows, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Could be. Now, let me ask yeah, you one thing. Let me ask you. Who knew? Yeah who, yeah, who knew that they would bring that back? Now, let me ask you about Mike Myers and this persona that he's taken on. Is there a real British game show host of that name that he is no i don't uh, think channeling? so oh, okay this is a completely made-up character that mike myers has formulated out of his head and thought it'd be a great idea to do it right so right did they ever reveal who he actually was by the end of the show or was it only through nope. pr- press releases that we have discovered this fact right it's only through things where yeah it's only that it got talked about i i think that I, i'm wondering if that maybe they thought they could try and keep it a secret for a while and then eventually surprise people but then uh, they realized they couldn't someone was you know someone was going to spill the beans and right. they just decided as publicity to go ahead and spill the beans themselves um because i've seen i saw some stuff about it online and stuff and and the 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 makeup job they do on him is so good that if they didn't if i didn't know that's who it was i don't know that i would Mm -hmm. figure it out right away i think i'd be sitting there going who the fuck is this guy from england and why is he hosting this show because he just seems (laughs) like kind of a ran like Mm -hmm. you know what what in england they would call a television presenter yes he just seems like a (laughs) random television presenter from england right. who's you know in his late 50s and has been doing this for 20 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. but then he would say i you know and of course i can't remember things because my short-term memory is shot but he would he he would say some random kind of funny off the wall comments about things here and there yeah. that were just hilarious wow. you know because they were so kind of off the cuff and when <laughs> absurd yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. At any time, did you ever say to yourself, God, he kind of sounds like somebody? Or has Mike Myers modified his voice so much that you didn't even think, oh, that's Mike Myers doing a British accent? Are you well, his voice completely is changed. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I knew going in that, that that's who it was because I had oh, read about it ahead okay. of time okay. online. So right. I knew that was him. Okay. But um, – whether yeah like i said if i if i didn't know that and i watched it mm-hmm. I, I i i probably would have been asking i probably wouldn't have thought oh this is somebody in a costume playing this guy i probably would have thought who is this guy <laughs> um right. he's kind of funny but nobody's ever heard of him you know mm-hmm. it's really kind of a strange thing to do but it works for some reason yes it's it's discombobulating yeah uh-huh. But you do sit there kind of the whole time, and, and as it, as the show goes on, you kind of – you can't ever forget that it's him, but you, you don't really think about it too much. You just okay. think, oh, yeah, that's – that's it's it's sometimes when he says something kind of funny mm-hmm. and he sounds a little Austin Powers esque. Ah. You're like, oh yeah, that's Mike Myers. <laughs> okay. I forgot that was Mike Myers. I might have to check that out. Cause I wonder how long how long it's going to be before Mike Myers uh, gets tired of putting on that makeup week in and week out. Yeah, is he gonna is he gonna eventually do a different character or oh. I don't know what the plan was. That could be interesting if he or he, is. he was a different host every episode or every other episode or something that would be that yeah that could fatty. be interesting uh-huh. yeah hmm. i don't even know how many episodes of this they're going to do 
for yeah. the summer season. So guess, yeah, I'm sure it all depends upon what the ratings are. I mean, if the ratings are great, well, well hey, why not? Yeah, ride I mean, that gravy train. I mean, ABC has brought back you know a bunch of game shows, Family Feud and Pyramid, and. Mm-hmm. To tell the truth, and they did that about a year or so ago, and they're actually doing it again this summer, so it must do okay in the ratings. Yeah, yeah, you know. So one would presume the Gong Show will do okay too. Right. I guess there are the you know the prime time game shows that yeah that definitely do very well. You know, if you remember, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when it first came right. out was huge, and yeah. It, and the the one with Guy Fieri was huge for about you know a month, um, whatever that one was called. Uh, uh, a minute for to about win a it. hot yeah. minute. Right, it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the name of the show. It was huge for a hot minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that show with the English woman, uh-huh. The Weakest Link. Right, Weakest was Link was popular for a short time. Yep. I'm sure, those shows are cheap to produce too. You know, there's not they don't spend a lot of money. Well. Yeah, that's true. You know, they probably spend the most money on their sets. <laughs> Things. I don't think those sets are that nice. Uh, I don't know you what know. set you're talking about. No. Well, it's I two chairs and some. <laughs> well, okay. Now, does the Gong Show set look like the old school Gong Show set? No, they've kind of modernized it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, there's a, there's still a, like a stage at the center and then there's a band off to one side, uh-huh. a small band and Tommy Maitland kind of hangs around over there. Like Barris kind of hung around over there. And right. then the judges are in three chairs kind of sitting on a stage and people are behind them in the audience and stuff. So it's very informal hmm. and, okay. um, they still, they still do the thing where they rate them one to 10, but they don't have any kind of scoreboard that shows you what the total, uh, you know, their total points, you know, they used to be, they'd say 28 points and then they'd have it on a little tally board there. Right. But, uh, they, they don't have anything like that. Um, yeah. and then last night they had two acts that scored 30, mm. the, the banana mm-hmm. people. And then a, a, a guy who I can't remember what, Oh, he did a guy as older black guy came out and did some jump rope stuff. Um, oh. and he was pretty good, pretty okay. interesting. Hmm. Um, and so, there, so the, uh, like at the Gong Show, I think they used to do this too. If if there was a tie, then the judges would choose a winner from the two the people who had tied, and so I think that's what happened on this one. Um, and the you know in the Gong Show, they used to bring out a check, and it was for some random amount, like four hundred and sixteen dollars and eighty one cents or something. And on this one, they brought out a check for two thousand dollars and seventeen cents. Mm, two thousand seventeen. Okay. So in keeping with that same you know odd number prize money uh, joke. Something tells me that the the scoring and the prize money is probably secondary to just the bizarre behavior of Mike Myers and their contestants. Of course, yeah. Well, I mean, that, well, I'm that's, sure that's, that's what it was in the old one too. Well, that's true. Of course, I'm sure the contestants don't mind, you know, winning a couple of grand. You know, why not? Right. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. Mm-hmm. That's what I watched last night. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um. Did Sierra tell you uh, what what her and I were able to accomplish yesterday? No, I don't. Oh, what were y'all? What were y'all able to accomplish? <laughs> we we got tickets to LCD Sound System. Oh, did you tell did. You that? Oh, yeah. They are playing October thirty first at the three sixty. Okay. And um, 
uh, I didn't think I was even going to be able to try because the the tickets went on sale at like 10 a.m. on Thursday and I was at work um, and I thought and I had a busy day going and I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to break away and get to a computer and and try and get in and, and get tickets. Because you needed the code and all that bullshit, you know. Oh, but okay. But it just mm-hmm. it just worked out that I actually was able to break away like at five minutes till ten, and and get over to my computer and get logged in and get ready. And sh- I got in and I got four tickets, but all I could get was on the lawn. Um, and she got four tickets that were seats. Oh. And so I'm just I'm just gonna sell, get rid, find someone who wants my lawn tickets because I don't want to sit on the lawn. I'm I'm 105 years old. I'm not sitting on the grass <laughs> to see a concert. Okay. Yeah. I, I, she so. did, yeah. All right. Well, that sounds great. And uh, yeah, Sierra had texted me that we were going to see LCD Sound System uh, on Halloween. Um, yeah, it's but, gonna be on Halloween night. Yeah, I guess I didn't snap to it. I guess because. She and I were texting back and forth about plans for this weekend and getting a hotel room in uh, uh, Houston area and stuff. So I, I I kind of missed that. So all right, I'm excited about that. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, all right, yeah. man. It'll yeah. be fun. It'll mm-hmm. be um. Yeah, it, I. It's also going to be the first time I've ever gone to the 360. I've never seen a show oh, there for some okay. reason. It's just never come up. Well, it's, where there was somebody playing that I really wanted to see. Cool. Yeah, because it, it it really is a great venue. You know, before I ever saw a show there, I was kind of uh, a little worried that, you know, it'd be kind of a, a lousy, not very good seating. But man, they, they are organized. And it, I mean, it truly is an amphitheater, you know, in the way it's constructed, you know, where the stage is below and everything kind of, you know, all the seating areas just kind of, you know, slope back and up. So... That's why the lawn area is still a good place to see the show uh, because of right. you know the way everything is sloped. So, you know, you're not stuck behind somebody's head, you know, trying to see what's going on. So, yeah, as long as Sounds yeah. like it, uh-huh. it, is it similar to um, the Woodlands? I mean, that just reminds uh, this just makes me think of the Woodlands or have you been to the Woodlands? I, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever been to the Woodlands. Um, wow. I've been to the Woodlands many times, and that's kind of what it is. It's an outdoor amphitheater. There is some yes. seating towards the stage, and then it just keeps rising, sloping mm-hmm. upwards yeah. uh, in, where there's a lawn behind it, right. behind the seating area. Well, I've then. never actually sat in seats at the at the um, Woodlands. I've always been on the lawn, but I was okay. always younger, too, Well, from that and descri- couldn't afford Right, right. Well, from your description, then, yeah, it sounds like they're very, very similar. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, Mm -hmm. to see if it, because I want, the Woodlands may be bigger, I don't know. Um, The Woodlands isn't huge, so maybe not. So it'll be interesting to go there. I've I've always wanted to go, and so now we got a good reason. Yeah, and and since the show that we're going to see there will be in October, the, the weather will be a lot nicer. Yeah, not as horrifying nice as cool. it is right now. Today was an oven outside. It was crazy. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, it, the heat index was like 111. I was like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude. I, I, you know, the car I just bought has all. It's all gray. It's dark gray outside and all black inside. Yeah. I got in the car today to go to lunch and pulled the seat, grabbed the seatbelt to pull it on and burn uh-huh. my fucking hand. That seatbelt was so fucking hot. Oh man, it's like a dude. fucking oven. Yeah, you gotta, you definitely gotta get one of those sunshades for your windshield. 
Yeah, I, make, I do. Mm-hmm. It'll make a big. I don't difference. even know where to get one. I guess I can. I need to get on Amazon. Yeah, I'm sure you can find plenty of different kinds that, and one that will suit your needs just perfectly. Yeah. So yeah. I always. I mm-hmm. used to always think it was just so stupid and pretentious to have one of those, but now I I get it. Yeah. Well, the only pretentious part of it, in my opinion, is when they've got cutesy slogans or pictures on them. Otherwise, they're right. very, they're very functional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I just want a silvery, mirrored type one that will reflect all that fucking heat back outside. Exactly. Yeah. It was it was Father's Day weekend last weekend, right? That's right. And uh, yeah. so uh, Sierra and I went to. LaGrange and visited my mom and we went to lunch together at one of the little bistro in downtown LaGrange and had a nice little visit. I mean, nothing super exciting, but LaGrange is kind of kind of cool on the weekends and they they actually have businesses open on a Sunday afternoon, at least some restaurants and stuff in the downtown square area. So it, it was good and fun. Cool. Nothing super exciting, but uh, it was still enjoyable. We don't, well, that's cool. Yeah, we don't we don't get to Lagrange as often as I would like to. I, you know, it's mm-hmm. like Houston. I don't get there as much as I'd like to, and maybe I'll go there a little more now that I've got my new car. I, I love that my nephew lives in downtown Houston, not down in Clear Lake where my parents are, mm-hmm. and so it only takes two and a half hours to get to his house, which doesn't seem quite so bad. You yeah, know, right. oh, to get to my parents' house is almost an hour longer to get there. Oh, um, damn. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah because they live out. Almost all the way to Galveston, and so it's true. You um, kind of have to, yeah, yeah. So it's not so bad mm-hmm. when I drive to my nephew's and hang out there for a while, and then we drive together down to my uh, his where his parents and my parents live, yeah. and my sister and my my parents, and and you know yeah, that br- hour goes a lot faster when you're with someone. Sure, it, and it breaks the trip up into uh, two legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. All right. Cool. So um, we had. Um, well, shall I just get into it? You took a trip to Houston, and uh, you stopped off at your nephew's, and then you headed over to see the folks, or you and your nephew well, just went off on an excursion by yourselves? Um, well, so last weekend was um, my my sister's oldest daughter, who's been with she, – she's lived with the same guy. She has three kids with him. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been together for eight or nine years. All of a sudden, they decided to get married. To have a ceremony. Okay. And it was kind of random. I, I don't know. And I don't know. Maybe they, I didn't think about this, but maybe they were worried about the whole immigrant thing. I, but I think he's legal. I don't know. Um, hmm. Maybe that was part of it. They, that just makes it easier for for him. I don't know what the whole situation was um, why, or why they decided to do it. But So uh, is he Chinese or Japanese? No, he's a Hispanic guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Did I, I not say that? You might have. She's been, just, with the, she's been I just want to say. Were you doing s- Hank Hill? Yeah. Was that your Hank Hill impression? Yes. It was good. It was pretty good. <laughs> So anyway, she, you know, her and I don't get along. She lives with my parents with her, with her husband. He mm-hmm. doesn't always work. Um, and then she's got four kids and two dogs and all this other bullshit. And it just pisses me off that uh, they live with my parents. You know, mm-hmm. she's, they spent, they spent all, they spent a lot of money to do this wedding. They rented a hall and all this bullshit. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't put a fucking roof over your kids' heads, but you're going to spend all this money. But mm-hmm. whatever. Right. I, I, you know, I, I have issues with her. But 
you know, she's my niece. I love her. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I love her kids. And her husband is he's a little lazy, but who isn't? And um, <laughs> so, you know, who am I to judge someone for being lazy? So uh, anyway, they they invited me to the wedding, which I thought was really nice because they really didn't have to. And, and we don't we don't talk a lot, but we've warm. You know, we had a falling out a couple years ago and we've kind oh, of just okay. w- worked our way back to to being civil to each other and that kind of stuff. Well, that's so, nice. Yes. Yeah. So they they had this wedding, this ceremony, and and my nephew, uh, who I'm going to call nephew from now on, I mentioned that. Yes. Uh, so nephew um, did what you did. He got on the internet and got uh, ordained by the Universal Life Church. Right. And he performed the ceremony. Excellent. So, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so I thought that that was he did a really good job. It was really cute. You mm-hmm. know, they had a bunch of their friends there and then my parents and and family members and um my niece my sister is married to a Hispanic guy as well and she, and and nephew and uh my other nephew and my younger niece are all his biological kids and she was married to another a white guy uh when she was younger and my niece is his daughter and her daughter. So she's full blown white, but she dates a Hispanic or she's married now to a Hispanic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so my fa- my family's all mixed. You know, We're, there's a lot of Hispanic folks in my family and half Hispanic folks and that kind of stuff. OK, um, so this this wedding was a the, the party was they had a DJ and he played a lot of Hispanic music, a lot of accordion music and stuff. Right, right. Tejano. Yeah. And others. Which, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, he played a couple 80 songs and he played a lot of country. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, they rented this hall till like midnight. They, the, the ceremony was supposed to be at four. It re- we all got there around four. It really didn't happen until about five. Mm-hmm. And then it was very short. And she wanted a short thing. And so nephew did a really short little thing, but it was cute. He did a really good job. And um, nice. and then after after that, they served some food and the food was really good. And and then they, you know, just had a party dancing and, and that kind of stuff. So, okay. There weren't a lot of people there. She invited a lot. They rented this big hall, mm-hmm. and there weren't a lot of people there. And then she had it till midnight. But I don't, you know, we left at about like six thirty, and uh, oh, so I, okay. I don't think a lot of people stayed late into the evening. And I felt bad, but it was just the music was really loud and okay. um, just not my kind of music. And so, um, so we didn't stay a long time. And we went over to my parents' house and. Uh, nephew and his. Where was this hall located? Oh, it's in... it's in the town where my parents live. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, very good. Yeah, and, just uh, actually, it's like less than five minutes from my parents' house. Right. Was it a catered meal that they had? Like I say, they they don't have a lot of money. Uh-huh. Um. So what they did was, so she did everything herself. She went and she made these really beautiful um, centerpieces for the tables. Right. And um, they bought a bunch of sodas. And they um, so then she, uh, one of her friends, I think she went and bought some food and, and one of her friends made it. It was like it okay. was like um, carne asada, I think is what it was. Oh. And they had like mashed potatoes mm. and rice and, of course, a cake. So I think they, you know, a lot of her friends helped her and they made a lot of the stuff. Um, OK, well, that's good. I mean, she saved a shit ton of money by doing it that mm-hmm. way, to be sure. Probably yeah. their, their biggest expense then was. The hall rental and, you know, 
maybe hall rental isn't that much in you know your parents' hometown. I don't know. Well, it was yeah. a, it was like a K KC hall. Uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, those are reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it wasn't too expensive. And right. then we thought there was going to be an open bar, but it turns out that the, they they didn't have a they wouldn't let you bring your own alcohol in. They let us bring sodas in, but but they had beer there that they sold. Yeah, and, um, that's kind of the thing that the 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 Casey's do. They yeah, uh, they they want you to purchase the alcohol that they sell you. For all I know, they they made more money off of beer sales than they did off of the hall rental. Well, the, there wasn't a lot of us there. I think normally they probably do. I mean, the beer was inexpensive. It was like $2, and they, they had four or five different choices. Um, okay, but cool. They wouldn't sell it until seven o'clock because at seven o'clock cops came to to be. She had to have security. They had to pay for security, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So I don't know okay. how much she put out for the for the haul, but okay. So they started serving beer at seven. I guess we left about eight thirty. We all right. Nephew said let, nephew was like let's make it till nine. We made it till eight thirty. Hmm. Then we went over to my okay. parents' house and had game game night, and that was kind of fun. And um, okay. Um, and then we w- went back. To to Houston and stayed at nephew's apartment. Mm, okay, great. So that was on Saturday. So on Saturday before we went to the wedding, mm-hmm. we went over, there's this new place by, nephew lives in the Montrose and there's a, a new place called the Pit Room, which is a barbecue place there uh, in the Montrose. I think it's on Richmond, but maybe it's oh, on another street. The Pit Might Room. Might be on Alabama. Maybe it's on Alabama. Mm-hmm. The Pit Room. Freaking amazing barbecue. Some of the best I've ever had. Wow. It was really good. I was surprised at how good it was. Uh-huh. Um, and so found a new barbecue place, and it's like five minutes from his house. I'm like, oh, this is going to be my go-to every time I come to Houston now because it was so good. And it's a kind of a small place, so I'm like, yeah, if we had to get it and take it back to his apartment, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just down the street. So that it's always nice when you find a new barbecue place. I'm like, oh, the pit room, <laughs> but <laughs> right. super good, really good. So then when we came back, we came back Saturday night to his place and and we watched a couple things on TV, but nothing that great. And then on Sunday, it was Father's Day. But since we had both seen our fathers the day before at the wedding, there was none of this feeling of like, oh, we should really spend the day with dad. <laughs> mm. So okay. that was kind of a nice to right. because I was only there for a short time. Yeah. So we um w- you know, we always like museums and there was some things at the Museum of Fine Arts that he wanted to go see and I was like, "Okay, well, let's go do it." Mm-hmm. Um so we went to the so one of my favorite places in Houston is the Contemporary Arts Museum. Uh, I've been there many times. Uh it's a big silver building down in the Montrose. Um and they always have interesting stuff in there. So this time they had some interesting stuff. Nothing that really blew my socks off, but there were some there's a few neat things here and there. Yeah, I saw some pictures that you had posted on Facebook and uh right. who who is the artist who does the 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 giant you know, I saw you posted a picture of like it was like a, a giant baby, you know, probably, you know, eight feet long on a table and stuff. Who's the yeah, artist who does those? Oh, OK. OK. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. that was at the Museum of Fine Arts. So we went over to the Museum of Fine Arts, which is pretty much right across the street, which oh, is where we really Michael, okay. uh, my nephew really wanted to go. And so there was two exhibits there. One mm-hmm. was by a artist called. um Pipilotti, oh, Pipilotti Wrist. 
R-I-S-T. Pipilati Wrist. It's a fe- she's a female. Okay. And then the other one was by this sculptor who does the 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 lifelike stuff called Ron Muick. M-U-E-C-K. Ron Muick. And okay. Ron yeah. Muick, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so there was three of us, me and, and nephew and his boyfriend, and it was eighteen dollars per exhibit to get in so it was like 108 dollars to get in this thing but wow it was two of the greatest things i ever saw at a museum ever the the pipilotti wrist thing Mm -hmm. um was you you had to wait in there was a little line for it so we did that first you waited in line and we waited maybe 15 minutes not too long and then you went behind this curtain into this kind of room Mm -hmm. um and they had two big screens where they were showing videos, artsy videos. Hmm. And then there's this big section where hanging from the roof were these long strands and they had big plastic crystalline looking things that had lights in them that flashed different colors. No description that I can give you of what this place was like. It could ever be as good as being in this room and it was like it, hmm. it was like just one big room we must have been in there at least 45 minutes and you just walked around and the lights changed color in these hanging strands of lights okay. um in this in a beautiful way and this music was playing that was very uh, ethereal eno-esque hmm. Hmm. kind of ambient music and then the video screens were showing videos so if you were walking through the long strands of lights that were flashing they would be juxtaposed against the images and 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 colors showing on the screen it was just like a a, a, and it was it was beautiful yeah you could actually walk through the strands the strands were like hanging all the way down to the floor and you're, you you could walk through them as if you were walking through a, a forest or something. It's called the 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 exhibit is called Pixel Forest and Worry Will Vanish. And Worry oh. Will Vanish were the two videos that were showing on the screen, uh. and then the Pixel Forest is the long. So they were two uh. exhibits kind of put together, but they work perfectly together. Hmm. And um, I mean, it, yeah. So you could walk through those strands of hanging lights and. And, and they brushed up they against would, you. And they, yeah, but they were they were separated enough to where mm. they didn't swing wildly. They would just uh. kind of swing a little bit here and there. Okay. It was just one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And it was so the music was so relaxing and it was just mm. like. I, I could have spent all day in there. We talked about wow. wouldn't it be great to just come in in the morning and stay all day in there because there was no time limit. You could stay in for as long as you wanted. There okay. were other people in there. It was a busy Sunday mm-hmm. and, and there was probably I would say there's probably 50, 60 people in this room. There was an area where they had carpeting with some some chairs and pillows and some people were sitting down yeah. and, and then um uh, where there were no hanging lights. And so a little area between the screens that were showing videos and the hanging lights. And, but 
Hmm. You know, and of course, everyone had their phones out recording it, and I must have taken a thousand pictures. I'll post some of them uh, and some videos, too. It was just so it was like even with 50 or 60 people in there, it didn't feel crowded. But but you, you when I was in there, I was like, man, if you were here and no one else was here or there was only, you know, 10 or 20 people here, it would be a, even more amazing. Wow. The, I don't know. It was just yeah. sounds so cool. Sounds magical. It was very magical, very – and it seems so simple. When you first look at it and, and even describing it, it seems kind of simple. Mm-hmm. But there was just something – the lights would change colors and there was no real – the videos were about 10 minutes and you could see them. You know, there were some scenes – there was a, one scene in one of the videos where she was ju- – the artist who's a female was jumping naked in slow motion. So her breasts were kind of wiggling around and that All was right. maybe 10 – yeah, maybe I'm 10 in. seconds. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so you would see that repeat every once in a while. You would see the videos repeat. But the lights changing in the on the strands of light mm-hmm. seemed very, very random. You couldn't discern any real kind of pattern. Um, pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And it was just it was it, I mean, it just was cool as fuck. It was just one of those things where when I first walked in, I was like, oh, it's just one room. And oh, it's just some hanging lights in this. But then when you walked through them and and kind of looked at looked at things from different angles and you can yeah. walk all around through them, it just it was mesmerizing. It's really a cool experience huh. I, and high, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, it sounds like a a combinative experience because you've got this visual, uh, you know, the, the, this pixel forest, and then that that ambient music in the background. It just sounds. I mean, just just hearing you talk about it, it sounds like a a, a very soothing, peaceful experience. Because if you know, under normal circumstances, if you're cooped up in a room with fifty or sixty people, you might feel a little edgy. But something about that room changes all that so that makes it right very and it's interesting a, it's a fairly mm-hmm. fairly large area i mean it's not a small room it's you know it's a decent sized room i don't know anything about like square footage but um i mean it's easily as big as my apartment bigger than my apartment so okay. you know it, it was a, a large area mm-hmm. um but it yeah it was just there was just something really magical and and captivating about it and relaxing and ethereal and fun mm. and uh it, it, you know taking pictures and you know i realized after we did it that the whole time i was in there i had my phone out like people do these days taking pictures and videos and stuff but it was just every time it was kind of like one of those things where every time you turned around it looked different you know and it, and it looked yeah. beautiful and you were just like oh man and the, then all of a sudden it would it felt like there would be a color that like a really deep orange or something and that you didn't remember mm. seeing before and it was just really it was so neat we wow. we loved it and i thought man if you That's could cool. you know it, if you could get in there first thing in the morning and stay all day, why wouldn't you? You know, mm-hmm. if you if you could do that, um, or or like go on a Wednesday afternoon when there aren't very many people there, even better. But even on a busy day, it, it was captivating and and you know totally worth the money. Totally, I was like eighteen dollars was nothing to do this. Awesome. Um, so it's probably. Mm-hmm. The coolest thing I've ever done in a museum, except for the first time I saw a, a Laurie Anderson exhibit. So okay, yeah, I understand that. What's the name of the artist again? Pippa Lottie 
Wrist. Pipilati Wrist. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a Morrissey song, doesn't it? <laughs> Pipilati <laughs> Wrist got kissed at the bullfight. Um, <laughs> sounds like uh, Pipilati knows the secret. People like <laughs> people like shiny things. I mean, it's that simplistic. You're absolutely. I mean, really, it is. It's like it really was like, ooh, pretty lights, you know. <laughs> but but it's just one of those things where she did something that seems simple mm. that was fascinating. That was just the, a cool experience. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, I would love to see. I, I read a little bit about her online after that, mm-hmm. and uh, saw a few pictures here and there. She's done some other things similar, I guess. Um, right. But yeah, I would love to see more stuff and just I need to read a little bit more about her and and uh, see what else she has done, because that, by the way, is is uh, at the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston until September. So plenty of time to run over there and check it out. It's it's, it comes highly recommended. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Hey, sounds like something I'd like to see. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the yeah. It's one of those things where it's like tell your friend you mm-hmm. want to tell your friends oh you got to go check this thing out right and then um, so then we walked I don't I didn't realize the the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston is actually a really large space and there are I believe there are several buildings connected by un, um, underground or opaque windowed uh, tunnels because oh. you go through this mm-hmm. area they call they they we went through this area they called the light tunnel which was a really cool walkway that had cool lights mm-hmm. and then we were over in another building i i believe and that's where we saw the uh sculpture of ron muick which was uh also amazing really cool right how many pieces did they actually have of his work there i would say probably 20 hmm. somewhere around 20 okay so wow. he does yeah there was at least like five six rooms with his sculptures in it and okay. some of them are large some of them are smaller mm-hmm. some of them are kind of actual size um hmm. definitely the the picture the the one that's uh, looks like a baby laying on a slab yeah. where if you just took a picture you wouldn't you have to take a picture with someone in the picture so you can see the scale of it because it's huge it yeah. takes up a whole room oh, and wow. it's just really freaking detailed and interesting and you know, it's just like, and I guess he works sometimes for over a year on some of these sculptures. Um, they're they're really lifelike. There was a couple times where you would turn, go into a new room, or turn around, or something would catch, uh, you'd catch something out of the corner of your eye, and you think it would be a person, but it was actually one of the sculptures. You know, oh, it was that. Some of creepy. them are that lifelike. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Um, There was there was a there was one where it was a where it was like a little boy who maybe was six or seven and Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have a shirt on and he's kind of crouching down and uh, against the wall. There's a mirror and he's looking into the mirror. And when I turned around for half a second, I thought it was a real kid standing there. And and then I'm like, wait a minute, there's not a shirtless kid looking at a mirror in the museum. <laughs> right. that's, a, that's a sculpture. But I mean, just out of the corner out of my eye for a split second, I actually thought it was a real person. Yeah. Um, and, and there there was really all, all different kinds of, you know, there were men and women and children and old people and all different kinds of people that he did a sculpture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and then some of them huge, some of them life size, some of them fairly small, um, not nothing tiny really, but I mean some of them were yeah, you know like one half size or whatever, right. um, hmm. but incredibly realistic and and interesting to look at, and just another one of those things too, you know, our friend Trish works in museums and and historic mainly historical museums and things like that is what Trish works with, yeah, um, and she's always talking about how you know there ways to get young people to come to museums and what was great about the museum of fine arts and these two exhibits and and possibly others as well was they let you take all the pictures you want as long as you didn't use flash and you know these were two exhibits where you really wanted to take pictures because they were just so dang cool Mm -hmm. and the pictures of the sculptures that i took um, I'll post some of them too, because I probably took a thousand pictures. I don't know, oh, maybe not really? thousand. I probably took <laughs> probably took two hundred and fifty pictures that day, of which I've only posted maybe ten. So right, and and yeah, uh, and a, what I saw, it looked amazing. Yeah, the, what yeah. stuck in my mind was yeah, the giant baby, and you did manage to have some man standing behind it and i was like wow that thing is huge yeah Uh, yeah sculpture of it literally takes up a whole room yeah yeah, i mean yeah like you said if you didn't have somebody standing there to give you scale you would think wow somebody took a picture of a newborn baby (laughs) it's that yeah realistic but yeah yeah it's yeah Mm. yeah there's there was a um there was also, and I think I posted a picture of this. Maybe I did it on Snapchat. There's a, there's one of the sculptures is like a woman laying on her back, and mm-hmm. she's got a newborn. She's naked. She's got a newborn baby on her tummy, and uh-huh. the umbilical cord is still connected, um, and mm-hmm. and runs into her vagina. And yeah. it's like it's almost shocking because it's so realistic looking mm-hmm. that you feel. You know, you feel kind of weird, right? Looking at at it because it's so realistic. It's not like shame, but you kind of feel like, oh, I shouldn't really be looking at this for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> no, you I know? can see that. It was wow. just a hmm. The realism yeah, must be but, just amazing. Hmm. Yeah, it's to- And that one isn't even really life size. It's a little smaller than life size, but oh, it just it okay. still feels kind of real. Mm-hmm. And and it's so detailed and well done. Um, that it, yeah, it's one of those things where you almost kind of look away cause you, you feel like it's wrong to just stare at a <laughs> right. vagina, you sure. know, but yet you kind of want to, because it's so, so the art is so interesting. The detail is so interesting. It's mm-hmm. like, well, am, am I wrong to look at this <laughs> for a long time? But right. wow. those were, I mean, th- that was, that trip to a museum was the was uh, one of the best i've ever had two of the best um exhibits i've ever seen it was just a really magical day at the museum hmm. and even though it was a little bit expensive um yeah were you it was worth every penny yeah did you you, you paid for everyone's admissions well, um, I, I did just because we went to a um, kiosk to buy the tickets to mm-hmm. avoid standing in a line. Yeah. And so I and and nephew was like, I'll give you some money. And I'm like, oh, you'll you'll buy dinner sometime or something. He's very good about, you know, we take turns buying dinner or or, or you know, right, because right. a movie or something he'll buy. Okay. And okay. plus, I don't have to don't have to do a hotel when I visit. So that saves me money, too. Very true. So, yeah, it yeah. sounds like y'all had a, a great afternoon. 
It really was. You know, um, nephew's boyfriend, Tony, mm-hmm. is a little younger. He's like 22. And Tony, I don't, you know, I love Tony. He's so great. He, But he can be a little, uh, not childish, but childlike. Like, um, we went to the Grand Canyon a couple years ago, and we were in the souvenir shop, and I don't think he'd ever been in a souvenir shop in his life. He just kind of loved it and was running oh. around looking at stuff like a kid. Really? And he doesn't hmm. always, like... Yeah, he he doesn't always like we've gone to art museums and stuff with him before Mm -hmm. and he he doesn't always like it. It's not really his thing so much, but he really liked both of these things, too. He was really excited and having a good time uh, at both of these exhibits. So, you know, I think even someone who's not a big art fan like I am would love both of these there. It's just one of those two of those universal things that I think you could take just about anyone to either one of those exhibits and they would walk away thinking it was really cool and, and unique and interesting. Sure. I mean, that, yeah, it seems like they're both of those exhibits would be just visually spellbinding. So yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah, absolutely. Who, yeah. Who would not love that? That's, that's my question, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I can't imagine anyone not enjoying uh, both, both or either of those things. Right. Um, yeah. That was, a, that was my fun weekend well, on Father's Day. So it was yeah. nice. I was with my, I was with my gay nephew and his, and his boyfriend and I felt mm-hmm. like the father figure <laughs> yeah. on Father's Day. I got, I got a little Father's Day. Well, that's true. Hmm. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> it was fun. fun. And yeah, and you also got to see your father that weekend, at least the the yeah. day, the day before at the wedding. Yeah, absolutely. So, cool. Awesome. We got still a lot of stuff we need to talk about. We've got people who died and we've got obviously Fargo and we've got Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot um, of co- lot to cover. Well, let's let's do people who died and then we can move on. Okay, we'll do people who died. Yes. Hey, do you have that music queued up? I do. Well, we'll play it, man. All right. (laughs) Oh, my friends, they died. Okay. Hey, uh, man, uh-huh. is that Freedom Rock? Well, turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's hilarious that, 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 that they thought that was a great marketing uh, strategy. Well, it worked. Yeah. Sure we still remember it today, so obviously it was we a good do. marketing strategy. For, it uh, was. Yeah, for all these compilation albums of music from the late 60s and 70s. Do you remember the, I think it was called Mr. Microphone, where it plugged in, it, it went through your radio? Oh, yeah. And How it was like I a forget? microphone? I wanted one. And do, you rem- <laughs> and do you remember what the guy in the convertible said? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> hey, good looking. We'll be back to pick you up later. <laughs> yeah. I, if, I, for some reason, in my mind, it was, hey, good looking. We'll be back to get you in an hour. But why would he say, <laughs> we'll be back to get you in an hour? Where are you going? Why can't you, yeah. why can't you take her now? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, we'll be back to pick you up later. But still, yeah, it, it, begs, sure it, was. it begs the same question. Where the hell are you going? <laughs> That, you know, 
You know, if you're really trying to... It's more to, important than this hot chick, yeah. Right. If you're trying to put the make on someone, you go for it right then. You don't just... Hell be yeah. back to pick you up later. Oh, well. Blame. Ain't good looking. Get in the car right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get in, oh, man. Get in the convertible. I've got candy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, anyway, boy, could have been go worse. Down a slope and <laughs> could have been worse. Could have been in a, a van with blacked out windows. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, little boy, get in a van. <laughs> <laughs> I've got ice cream. <laughs> oh, oh god, boy. crazy. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's talk about people who died. Yeah, let's do that <laughs> since we. Oh. Went off on a Mr. Microphone tangent. but <laughs> I know. Sorry. No. My bad. Well, that's great. My it was, bad. It was fun. That was, was the best segment so far. It, well, other than, your, other than your description of the art museums. Those were cool. Ah. Well, thank you. All right. <laughs> so who's at the top of your people who died list this week? So for me, it was, um, I don't even know how to say his name, John Appleton, the director who directed Rocky and Karate Kid. Right. I remember reading about that. And uh, yeah, for some reason, I always thought that Stallone directed it, but I guess he only wrote the screenplay. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And I think he directed, I know he directed later ones. He may have even directed Rocky too, but yeah, the thing was he got, he wrote the screenplay and he was only willing to do it if they let him play the character. The lead role. People wanted to, Yeah. Yeah. People wanted to buy the script, and he would only sell it to someone who would, the deal had to be he was the character. He had to play Rocky. Well, I mean, it ended up being a very good choice and yeah. decision yeah. for whoever took him up on that offer. And, uh, well, it won the Academy Award, didn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, you know, I didn't see it for a long time. I didn't see it when it came out in theaters. Oh. I think I may hmm. have even watched it on network TV. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you watched it well after the fact then. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to remember if I saw it at the theater or not, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that I did. It was one of those movies that, you know, you get out of the movie and, and you feel uplifted and energized and you just want to punch a slab of meat or something. Yeah. <laughs> Not like Fight Fight Club where you get out of that movie and you just want to punch whatever. <laughs> right. I wanted to hurt something pretty. Right. You just yeah. <laughs> knock, knock somebody's teeth out. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never had that. I never had that experience. I'm trying to think if there was any Rocky movie I watched at the theater. And I think the only one I watched at the theater was the one that came out a few years ago that was just called Rocky. It was almost like the comeback. Yeah. I think if it had had a number, it would be, or it was called Rocky Balboa. That's what it was. Yeah. I think if it had a number, it would be like six or seven. Um, and I don't even remember anything about that movie at all. I don't either. I, I, I do remember seeing it on Showtime or something. I didn't go to the theater to see it. And I thought it was, a you know, it was good. Um, it's all right. Nothing, nothing bad about it. I mean, it kind of, I thought it put a good cap on the, um, you know, the Rocky universe. Right. You know, hopefully they're done. I, uh, hopefully they're finished now. I think we, <laughs> I, I think we, I think we can both agree that Sylvester Stallone's uh, best movie, uh, without a doubt, is Rhinestone. I think we can both. <laughs> <laughs> 
is that him and Dolly Parton and yes and I and don't he wants even to be a country music star that's it right or something of course yeah of course yeah and, uh, that I actually saw at theaters wow for some reason well, yeah you like Dolly Parton yeah yeah she has two of the biggest hits in the country um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes. I know I I don't know why I went and saw Rhinestone at the theater. It was pretty mm-hmm. awful. Um, and then wasn't there a movie where he was like a fist, uh, 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 arm wrestler? Yes. Um, God, what was it called, though? Over the Top? No. Maybe, I, I think so. I think you're right. Uh, oh, okay. That sounds right. Yeah, that I think does you, sound right. Okay, I just pulled that out of my ass. But uh, yeah, yeah. It was, that information was somehow stuck. In my brain, you know, I don't, <laughs> yeah, and I don't even think I ever saw the movie. I just, I just remember seeing the trailers for it. So, I think I saw it figure. at the theater too. Mm. But uh, okay. and then John Avildsen, I definitely saw Karate Kid at the theater. Oh. I remember seeing that yeah. when it came out. That's a great movie. That's another yeah, one of those is. Uh, inspirational movies that when you get out, you just want to go and you know kick somebody in the head. No, I don't. Yeah, know. Roundhouse. <laughs> Do you know you know another movie like that? I don't know if you ever saw it. Uh, Vision Quest came out in the 80s. No, yeah. I'm familiar uh, with it because Madonna did a song for the soundtrack is the only uh, thing I know about it. Right. That was a story about a, a teenage wrestler who meets an older woman and, you know, falls in love with her and they have an affair and he's trying to win the big wrestling championship and he's trying to go down a weight class and he's, you know, sitting on top of a radiator trying to sweat out water so that he can meet the uh, weight requirement. I can't remember who the it's main a, actor was. God, what's his name? Uh, it's Matthew Modine, Matthew Modine, yes. Yeah. Is that you, Modine? Yeah. (laughs) That's me, Modine. Uh, Yeah. um, Matthew, hey, now we're going down slopes. I know. Did you ever see Birdie with Matthew Modine? Birdie. Um, Yeah. No, I can't say that I have. Oh, my God. That was another movie that came out around the same time. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember what it's about now, but it's one of those ones that got popular on cable, you know? Uh, It was kind of an art house movie and didn't really do that much at theaters, and then it started showing on cable, and people started talking about how great it was. Hmm. And I I feel like it's like he has a friend and his friend has depression and goes into an institution and or maybe it's him that has uh, depression and goes in an institution. I can't hmm. or, or he has a friend who likes birds and eventually jumps out the window. I can't remember. What, oh, wow. OK. What the story is. All right. Well, but it's a great movie. I would love to see it again. OK. We we slipped and slided all the way down to Matthew Modine's career. I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh, well. Yeah, it's my fault for. He's in Stranger Things too. That's right. He plays the uh, the professor guy, the, yeah. the head research and I'm sorry. guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, got off on a tangent because of Vision Quest. But anyway, that yeah, that was mm-hmm. one of those inspirational movies. You get out of it and you're like, oh yeah, I want to work out and and do this and that. And <laughs> I didn't want to become a college wrestler though. No, no, that that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> he wanted to play a college wrestler but on stage but yeah possibly maybe <laughs> <laughs> so yeah anyway um all right so back to our people who died segment um mm-hmm. anyone else oh okay well i'm sure Who's this next is on, on your list i'm sure uh on your list is uh 
Prodigy, the um, American rapper who was uh, right part of the, the what was the name of the group he was a part of Mob Deep. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not real familiar with uh, Prodigy's career, but the sad thing about it is, you know, he died so young. He was 42 years old and died of sickle cell anemia. Which, you know, you don't hear a lot about sickle cell anemia, even though it's an ongoing problem that people are suffering with on a daily basis. But, yeah. So, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know that that much about sickle cell. It's like mm-hmm. my my understanding is it only affects African Americans. Is that right? Does that yes, sound right? I believe that's correct. I mean, it's like... Um, so. Some strange genetic anomaly that, uh, yeah, instead of having round red blood cells, they're really kind of moon-shaped blood cells that kind of lead to uh, clotting problems in uh, people. So, ooh. yeah, that's got to suck. Not ooh, but oh, how, yeah, that's not doesn't sound pleasant at all, yeah. Now, hmm. they say that same gene that causes sickle cell anemia makes people immune to malaria. So there was, there's some genetic advantage to having it, but, you know, it also shortens your life at the same time. You're just not going to die from malaria. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anything else possibly, but not malaria. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. And that, that's interesting too. Mm-hmm. I thought you were, your next guy was going to be my next guy, which was Stephen first, who was in animal house and St. Elsewhere. Oh yeah. 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 He's definitely on the, on the list. And I, for some reason just neglected to have that pop into my mind, but yeah, of course <laughs> who can forget, you know, flounder in animal house, Stephen first. <laughs> Right. Of course, I've never still to this day have not seen Animal House. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I have. I even own it on DVD. I bought the DVD one time going, God damn, I've always wanted to watch this movie. I need to watch it. And I've never put it in. Hmm. Well, it. Yeah. One day. It might be too late. Yeah. Yeah. It's time is coming on. Mm-hmm. No, but it's still a great movie That's the to thing see. Too. It doesn't matter. Yeah. When people tell you a movie's great, it's just like Dumb and Dumber. I might have really liked it the, if I'd seen it when it came out. Mm-hmm. But people told me it was so funny and so great for so long that when I finally saw it, I was like, I don't know what they're fucking talking about. This is a horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure Animal House kind of stands the test of time because it is funny. But, you know. Maybe with and the, irreverent, funny and irreverent. But I think you know, with with the passage of time, it you know it might be slightly misogynistic, etc. But <laughs> right, it's still it's still. Of course, I haven't seen it in decades. I'm sure I loved it when it came out. Of course, I was right know, a teenager. Or, right, of course, yeah. Yeah, when did it come out? It was like seventy eight, probably seventy eight or nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so maybe yeah. even seventy seven. Yeah. 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 So I was well, I was well into my teen years at that point. And so, yeah, I thought it was great. And unfortunately, it kind of uh, altered my perception of what college was like. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a rude awakening when I got to college. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. You, you actually have to study and shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's nothing like Animal House. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. Nobody wants a grade point average of zero point zero <laughs> <laughs> not with all your parents money on the line like that okay. well there were a lot of other um mm-hmm. kind of minor 
celebrities and stuff. The only other well-known name that I had on there, and I just know the name, was German Chancellor Helmut Kohl. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a very memorable name. Mm-hmm. From yesteryear, back when he was the yeah the chancellor of Germany, which I think uh, must have been like in the eighties, right? Like in the Reagan era. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, yeah, I'm yeah. almost certain that that's true. Yes. Imagine having a first name Helmut. Wow. I know. I thought about that <laughs> Helmut. What kind of a name? Well, you know, that would be like if my name was Hat. Hey, Hat. <laughs> <laughs> And, okay, and, maybe that's not what it's like, but correct me if I'm wrong. I think Germany had two chancellors in a row that had the first name of Helmut. Hmm. And and, and a matter I, I of and a matter of fact, at the time, I almost thought the uh, the name Helmut meant something like president. Oh, because they had two. They had two chancellors in a row named Helmut. So I was like, oh, Helmut Kohl, Helmut. Whatever the other guy's name was, that's just the title they have. No, I was quite wrong. Whatever. But it does lead you to believe that Helmut is a very popular German guy's name. Well, I mean, at at least when those two guys were born. Right, yeah. Back in the. (laughs) It's named after a World War II headgear. It's Helmut Kohl. (laughs) I don't. I don't I'm not, know. I'm not I sure it's know. spelled like helmet, but it's... I don't think it is, it's yeah. He, it's helmet with a U. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and helmet isn't probably named after a guy like shrapnel is named after a guy. But helmet <laughs> probably isn't named after a guy. But you never know. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably a very common German name. Yeah, it seems like it must be, yeah. Or it was. But still but still kind of odd, still kind of weird that someone <laughs> would be named Helmut. Helmut. Sure. Helmut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other guy I had on my list also this is a very it's a, a very sad one, but uh, yeah. All I could think about uh was who would name their kid this. Mm-hmm. Um the guy who was in North Korea for a, a couple of years and and was a young guy and got arrested and yes. and ended up in a coma and they brought him back. Um, I guess his last name is pronounced Warmbier, Otto Warmbier. Yeah, I guess Warmbier or Warmbier, one of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever the but case. I was just like, yeah. Who names their kid Otto? You know, I don't. What know. kind of a? <laughs> I mean, it just seems like the oddest name for a. Young person. Uh, I don't think I've heard of anyone named Otto for mm-hmm. ages. I know. He's probably, you know, probably named after, you know, his grandfather or great-grandfather, you know, when a name like Otto was a little more common. And they were like, oh, in memory right. of, you know, Grandpa, we're going to call our baby Otto. Right. Because definitely the last name uh-huh. is uh, German-sounding. Yeah. Maybe it's pronounced or, or, Vombia. Vombia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... So maybe he did have a Grandpa Otto, and then yes. he's named in his honor or something. But sad, you know, it's always tough when we do these people who died things because it's sad, yeah. you know, when people die. And and we, you know, we we try to make it a celebration of life kind of a thing, and and, yeah. and talk about you know what their life meant and uh, to us as average people. But um, that one is just. It's just like, oh, I hear, heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. I hear the North Koreans don't like warm beer. So, ba-dum-bum. 
Oh, so oh, I know. the mantle has been passed back, I'm, my friend. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, you know, I know. I'm sorry. the The tragic oh. thing about that story, though, is that you know he was arrested for stealing a like a propaganda poster off of something a, like that. Yeah, off a wall in a public place. And wow, so that deserves a death sentence? Man, that sucks. I mean, I, yeah, I can't yeah. imagine what horrifying tortures he uh, was subjected to because, man, you know, the North Korea. Okay, first off, who the hell wants to go on vacation, yeah, what, vacation in North Korea? Who thinks that's yeah, a good idea? Yeah, what the idea? fuck was he doing there? Yeah, what the fuck was he doing there to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not blaming the victim or anything like that. But it's like, I could think of a, I would go to any other country in the world before I went to North Korea. I mean, when the leader of the country is considered a god, something tells me you probably shouldn't go visit there. Just (laughs) seems to me, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, There's just, yeah. I, I, you know, and I don't know. I, it's funny because I had, um, I've talked to different people and, you know, a lot of times people will go places that you wouldn't expect people to go and they're going for some either, either some humanitarian thing or some, mm-hmm. you know, some church thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm like, you know, why, why, why? I wouldn't go there, not even to try and do good work. There's plenty of good work that needs to be done in this country. Uh, exactly. Yeah, plenty. More than enough. Yeah, yeah there, there's there's plenty of poverty and homelessness to go around that, uh, yes, people can stay way close to home and make a big difference. Absolutely. So think about that, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we can do and it. that's our People Who Died segment. Yes, <laughs> it is. Except for Mr. Pogo. Mr. Pogo died. Who's Mr. Pogo? He was a Japanese wrestler. Oh, hey, was never heard of him. Uh, me either. I just was flipping through some pages and saw that, yeah, Mr. Pogo died. <laughs> Are you sure he's dead? He'll bounce back. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, thank you. Okay, man, shall we move just immediately into our Twin Peaks moments? We should. It used to be called the Twin Peaks moment, but now it's a recap of the episode. So our Twin Peaks hour. recap, I guess. We'll call it. <laughs> yeah, the, the Twin Peaks hour. <laughs> exactly. Dun dun dun. Mm. Yes. Well, as usual, yes. um, it started with something that seemed to mean nothing. <laughs> that it did. I mean, what the hell? Jerry Horn is lost in the woods. Yeah. So he calls his brother Ben and he says, I can't find my car. <laughs> so, dude, where's my car? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. That's exactly what I wrote here. I wrote, dude, where's my car? <laughs> And he's like, I'm so high, especially him being so high that, yeah, that he was completely like that shitty movie with uh, that guy and that other guy. <laughs> yeah, those two guys. Yeah. So, I, I just wrote, yeah. I just wrote, Ben and Jerry, Jerry lost, whatever. 
Right. So, who knows? Maybe, maybe there there'll be some significance to Jerry being lost. Maybe you know he got uh, abducted like Major Briggs by aliens or something. Who knows? Oh, right. And yeah. Dropped yeah. back in the forest. You know, it 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 may mean nothing. It may just be something that's there for comedic value, or maybe it has something to do with that weird sound they hear in the the Great Northern Hotel. We'll get yeah. to that later. We'll get to that. Get later. to that in a minute. Well, <laughs> right. Lynch also right does did that thing where he always has seemingly a I shouldn't say always. Oftentimes he will have a seemingly innocuous kind of throwaway scene, mm-hmm. and then go right to a scene of incredible importance. And, right. You know, immediately after that was uh, Hawk and Sheriff Truman. Right. Yeah. Finally, which was amazing. Yeah. Finally, we know what Hawk found inside of that bathroom door. And why did how come we didn't figure it out beforehand? That it was the lost pages of Laura Palmer's diary. Right. I I kind of assumed. I I think I just assumed that might be what they were because they they look. I mean, it's just kind of when he pulls them out of the Mm -hmm. toilet stall door. Yeah. They look kind of like small pages out of some some small book that somebody's written. Yeah. They don't look like a. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess I had. You know, forgotten about, you know, the torn pages out of the diary that Laura had left at uh, Harold Smith's house. You know, the guy who was a right. agoraphobic, couldn't leave his house and was growing. Right. What was he? What kind of flower was he growing? Orchids or something? I think so. I yeah. can't remember now. Yeah. I remember I really liked the char- that character when he was introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, um, very enigmatic. It, yeah, it, his, it, an interesting character. There's a scene yeah. in Fire Walk With Me where Laura goes and visits him, and she almost rapes him, but then she kind of has this demonic moment where her eyes turn all red and shit. It's really weird. Uh, and um, and she gives that. him the diary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She gives him the diary for safe safekeeping, and then the the first note that they read, the first page that they they read that's been torn out is the one from Twin. Is actually a scene that happens in Fire Walk with me, <clears throat> where Laura is dreaming and she wakes up and Annie is in bed with her and Annie's all mm-hmm. bloody, and Annie says uh, exactly what it said on that paper. Annie says something like, "The good Dale is in the lodge and can't get out." Right. Something else, and then write it in your diary. Um, right. Yeah. To, yeah. If you if you want the exact quote, it's my name is Annie. I've been with Dale and Laura. The good Dale is in the lodge and can't leave. Write it in your diary. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. 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 So, what does that mean? The good. I've been with Dale and Laura. What does that mean? It's crazy. No. Yeah. Exactly. That is strange. Because. Yeah. Huh. Why would she? Yeah, why would in the dream she say that she's with Dale and Laura when she's talking to Laura in the dream? So I don't right quite get that. Unless she's been with Dale and Laura in the in the Black Lodge once Laura's dead. I yeah yeah that's who knows what that means. Yeah, it's a little weird. Okay, but uh, oh, and, and then mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh, but also they were reading more out of the diary, and uh, she says, "Now I know." It is now. I know it isn't Bob, and right, yeah. So, which I, I assume and, is referring to who's been molesting her. 
or rape yeah, her or whatever. Yeah. Right. Bob is the Bob is the evil evil person who comes and and gets her at night and takes her into in the diary. There's lots of stuff about being in the woods and Bob taking her in the woods and and a whole bunch of stuff. But um, so she thinks he's some kind of evil entity. But then, right. of course, we all realize and find out it's really her dad that Bob has possessed or, you know, whatever you want to say. Exactly. Um, which I think on the last episode we were um, we were hypothesizing that the that those notes could have been put there by the one armed man because he was uh, in the bathroom in one scene. Right. Uh, but they hypothesized that mm. it's uh, Leland. Right. That when they had Leland in custody, he may have hid the notes there. Right. Yeah. That, that's definitely what they said. So yeah. That and so yeah. That makes perfect sense that he would have hidden them considering the inflammatory nature of the, or at least the revelations that are included in there. Yeah. Right. So what was interesting is Hawk said after that, he said, there's still one page missing. Hmm. Do you remember when he said that? Yeah. No, I didn't remember him saying that. Yeah. So there's still parts of the diary that have yet to be revealed. So it'd be interesting to find out where, what's on that one last page that's missing right yeah. yeah so anyway really cool scene and uh yeah very yeah. important yeah extremely important then i guess uh doesn't truman call harry right after that talks yep. to him yeah. about that and harry apparently tells him that you know his treatment's not going very good or they put him somewhere else and whatever so who knows what's going to happen there? Right, yeah. You just get the impression that Harry ain't coming back anytime soon, that he's pretty bad off. Right. We're, uh, whatever's we're, going on. Yeah, we're not going to see him in any of these 18 episodes. We know that for a fact. But Yeah. But if there's a season two, maybe, yeah, they'll they'll convince... Michael uh, Michael Ankeen. Michael Ankeen, yeah. All right. So, anyway, you want to move on? Okay, the yep. next scene. Andy talks to Bing about... The murder truck is what I have written down oh, here. Oh, now, how do you know that's Bing? Well, I assume that was Bing because in the credits it says that Riley Lynch was playing the part of Bing. And I assumed that that was Riley Lynch because, well, with a beard and long hair added to him. Cause he hmm, didn't... I think I, uh-huh. I thought that meant when it said Bing, uh, Riley Lynch was Bing in the credits. I thought what they were saying was, you know, at, at the end, there's a scene in the in the diner where a guy runs in and yells, has anybody seen Bing? And I think it was Riley Lynch that did that. Okay, well, I thought it was referencing back because uh, the guy who owned the truck that Richard Horn used to run over the kid Mm -hmm. was supposed to meet with Andy later on to talk about the truck, but he never shows up for the meeting, but I'm getting ahead of myself. That's a later scene where Andy is seen right. waiting on the road, and the the guy who said he was going to meet him never shows up. And the, right. and the, the door to his house is then shown ajar as if something had happened to him. Right. Well, maybe that was supposed to be Bing, and maybe that's why the guy at the end of the episode runs into the diner and asks right. us if anybody's seen Bing, because Bing is apparently long gone. If that's right. Whoever is. owns that truck, if that's Bing or whoever, is not around anymore. Right. I don't even necessarily know what Riley Lynch looks like, even though we saw him in that musical segment in a previous 
episode with right. a di- with a disguise on, it would be really hard to pick him out in a crowd. So right. So yeah. I, went, I went on the yeah. assumption that Bing was the owner of the truck that Richard Horn used to run over the kid. Hmm. So, well, that might not be a bad assumption. So that's yeah. interesting. Um, so in that yeah. scene, the okay. skies, yeah, the, this character Bing, or who we assume is Bing, played by Riley Lynch, you know, basically is begging Andy, "Hey, I, I, I don't have to. I can't. I can't talk to you about this now. Can we meet?" You know, on such and such road, I can't remember what he said. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it, it was a short scene, and there's some. Yeah, all you got from that scene was that uh, whoever owned that truck was he didn't want to talk right there. Something was either there or mm-hmm. coming soon, and he wanted to go. Right, exactly. So, for all we know, Richard Horn was inside of that house at the time. Possibly, yeah, yeah or someone else. Yeah, or someone else. Yeah, good point. Yeah. We'll find out eventually. I think we might. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, so the next scene was really a kind of a sweet oh, um, was. little yeah. throwback to to uh, to see Dr. Hayward, mm-hmm. um, played by Warren Frost, Mark Frost's dad, yes. um, uh, who died uh, since this episode has been filmed. Mm-hmm. I love the thing where um, I love the thing where uh, Sheriff Truman uh, flips the switch and the monitor comes up <laughs> out of the desk yes. and it's got like a hardwood frame and it's like oh my god that's so Lynchy and some crazy wooden yeah. contraption. It's like who knew that Sheriff Truman was into the latest tech gadgets? A monitor right. that pops out of your desk. Oh my god! What will they think of next? <laughs> Made, made out of good old Washington pine or whatever, whatever <laughs> yes. wood that is, you know, like Absolutely. everything there made out of wood. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, Dr. Hayward, wow, he was ancient. But, you know, like you said, yeah. he died shortly after the filming was completed on this new series. So, yeah. But it was very thought, nice to see him. And he was quite funny telling his jokes about uh, catching two trout in his pajamas. How they got in his pajamas, he'll never know. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Plus, he also mentioned some really interesting information. Exactly. And it feeds into I, a theory that people have right? had. Yes. Mm-hmm, that we've talked about, yep. Right, he mentions that I, he, he had seen Cooper at the hospital uh, and that he had was in the intensive care unit where Audrey Horn happened to be in a coma. Yeah, in a coma from that, quote-unquote, that terrible business at the bank. Right. Was that something that, do you remember happening in season two? Yeah, the uh, or, th- there, was a, there was a safety deposit box that, uh, I'm trying to remember, um, oh God, what's the old man's name? Andrew Packard had gotten a safety deposit box key out of a puzzle box belonging to his nemesis, Thomas Eckhart. He went to the Twin Peaks Savings and Loan with Pete Martell. At the same time, Audrey Horn goes there, too, and chains herself to the vault door out of civil disobedience, protesting the Ghostwood development. So anyway, Andrew Packard goes to the bank, and he's going to open the safety deposit box, and after he opens up the safety deposit box, there's a time bomb in there, and it goes off and kills everybody in the bank, or so we think. I guess this is the last episode of season two, of the original series. And Audrey was in mm. the bank, so I had assumed that she was dead along with everyone else in the bank. But turned out 
she apparently survived the bank blowing up and was in the hospital right around the same time that Cooper was there when Dr. Haywood saw both of them or saw Cooper in there. And so interesting. Yeah. So that ties into that fan theory about bad Cooper or the doppelganger may have impregnated Audrey while she was in a coma. And then she had Richard Horn, but that remains to be seen. So we'll we'll right. see how that story develops. That's still right. If that's uh, really where they're going with it, right? That's still just a fan theory that's way out there at this point. That's there's nothing to back it up other than the word of Doctor Hayward saying that he saw right Bad Cooper in there. Right. So yeah, yeah. We you know could just be a coincidence. I mean, Cooper was there. She was there. That may be the, all there is to it, but mm-hmm. certainly hints at something else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then the next scene. Mm-hmm. Was the I was ha oh, just good old fashioned Lynch, man. <laughs> okay, you're talking the, about uh, at the morgue. Yeah. Yes. You know the um, uh, the Lieutenant Knox, who's the female FBI agent who's working with uh, Ernie Hudson's character. Um, well, she's an Colonel Air, Davis. She's an Air Force. She's not an FBI agent. She's an Air Force whatever. Oh, did I say FBI? Yeah. Air Force investigator oh, yeah. or whatever, who right. knows what her actual title is, but yeah. So Right. They call her Lieutenant. She says, she introduces herself as Lieutenant Knox, I believe. Right. Um, and, um, and anyway, she's there to see the, the body where the fingerprints match mm-hmm. Major Briggs's fingerprints. Right. So that's verified at this point that that is the body of Major Briggs, as far as we yeah. know. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, so she calls Ernie Hudson's character uh, to right. tell him what's going on. And in the background, we see some kind of ominous, creepy figure. Yes, I know. And then that <laughs> I wrote a note that who was walking in the hallway. Right. <laughs> I was like. Creepy figure walking down the hallway and creep and creepy music. Lynch is mm-hmm. so good at making ominous moments. You almost panic. I did. I saw that <laughs> wow. figure coming and I was like, what the fuck is going to happen? But of course, it, it was just in the background. Nothing happened. But God, I really did. My heart started racing and I was like, what is this going to be? Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks that is is Bob. Oh, that's supposed to be Bob. Abs- yeah. I mean, that was the first thing that popped in my head especially you know his his size and he had he had kind of long hair of course this it was all just a silhouette like a black silhouette you never saw any detail yeah. but it definitely no discernible had, detail yeah right of course we know that uh, frank silva the guy who played bob is no longer with us so it, it wasn't that actor but it they could have used a, a double and that's that's probably why it's all just in silhouette but we don't know at this point, but yeah, it sure did seem like they were hinting that it was Bob. But another yeah. thing, we'll have to wait and see if they even yes let us know. If it, it may even just, means anything, yeah. right? It may just be a a mood setting thing, yeah. Like you said, just right. something yeah. ominous and weird. Um, right. Something else that was really interesting in that scene is that when Lieutenant Knox or she. You know, she's called Constance sometimes. She's also called Cindy by Colonel Davis. And uh, she. I think Constance is the coroner, the female coroner. 
Oh, isn't she? Okay, maybe that's true. Const- I think yeah, I played think, by Jane Addams. All right, I'll I'll blame the uh, I'll blame the subtitles for for that for confusing me there, but you're probably okay. right. Yeah, Cindy is uh, Cindy Knox, the uh, Air Force lieutenant. Ah, okay. But, but the coroner tells her that the body is of a 49 year old man. And of course, right. when Cindy tells Colonel Davis this, he's like, "Well, Major Briggs should should have been well into his seventies, right? And, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. So maybe he had been away for a while somehow in a timeless space, or who knows what's going on there? Why is yeah. this? Why is Float it? A, yeah. Why is it the body of a forty-nine-year-old man? Is was it right. a, was it a doppelganger of? Major Briggs? Who knows? Has he been floating through space going blue robes? <laughs> yeah, well. For 25 years. Right. We, we only saw his head floating through space, so <laughs> that's where his right. head is. It, went, it became giant and it's floating through space. It's repeating those two <laughs> words over and over again. Yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Yep. So moving on to the next scene. It starts off with... David Lynch is Gordon Cole whistling and warbling while he whistles. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't like that. Uh, it's just like, you know, just another one of those, why, why, get on with it, why. Uh, you know, but it is what it is. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's David Lynch just uh, doing whatever the fuck he wants. So then right? Albert arrives and tells him that Diane says no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> right regarding uh, getting involved in the the, the, the Cooper investigation um, Cole eventually agrees to accompany Albert to go visit Diane to convince her right. that she wants to you know get involved which then takes us right to get her to help them yeah exactly which cuts to the next scene Cole and Albert actually going to see Diane mm-hmm. and, uh, so Diane's uh, boy toy answers the door. <laughs> and uh, they, they come in, and of course, uh, yeah, she does not want to help. She doesn't want to. She she doesn't want to offer him any cigarettes. She doesn't want to give him any coffee. She just wants them to fuck off, and she right? s- says it in no uncertain terms. Well, it's interesting because obviously, and as the as the 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 episode goes on, mm-hmm. there's ob- there was obviously something important and ha- that happened between Cooper and Diane. Right. There's obviously some monumental thing that happened yes. because, uh, you know, and so it's really, you know, interesting wanting to know what what that was, what the hell happened, because yeah. the, the you know, the relationship between Cooper and Diane, even though we never heard her voice or heard anything from her, mm-hmm. that was a real relationship that we all felt invested in when we watched the original series. Yes. And, um, you know, we all everyone kind of loved Diane and mm-hmm. she was really a non-existent person right and i read someone someone online this week had said something about how they loved uh laura dern as diane which i do too but they they loved that she was the complete antithesis of what she thought diane would be and i'm like (laughs) right it's so true it's you know laura dern as diane is that Mm -hmm. character that the way she plays her is the exact opposite of what we all expected diane to be like so it's really interesting right and 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 the the mystery of what happened between cooper and that that we think is cooper and diane the last time they met 
uh, right. what the, what really happened there. Their yeah, their relationship was obviously way more complicated than we could ever have possibly known. And right. uh, you know, there may be or at one... least ended on that on in that way. Yeah, true. And there may be it once was a time where she was a sweet, kind, caring, considerate person, but circumstances had conspired to turn her into this uh, angry person that she is right now, this wounded soul. Right, yeah. 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 Interesting. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, she's she's really brusque with Albert and uh, Gordon when they arrive, and uh, Gordon says, tough cookie, always was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so of course, I mean, we yeah. presume that she's eventually going to say yes and go, right? Uh, because that has to happen to move the uh, plot forward. And of course, she does. You know, I'm glad they didn't waste a lot of time with that. I was like, we all know she's going to go eventually. I hope we don't have to wait till episode 12 for her to go. But she, right. she went with them and goes on the plane, and mm-hmm. and um, and then at that point, the FBI agent Tammy. Yes, <laughs> is is there and there's some discussion about the fingerprints, uh, fingerprints mm-hmm. and the the whole Gordon Cole thing where he's counting the words on what Cooper said to him uh, when they first met yeah. at the at the prison. Right. Yeah. What, what was the whole deal with Gordon Cole talking about? Uh, this is the spiritual mound, the spiritual yeah. finger. That's something you should really pay attention to Tammy or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's like he, the, the, uh, Cole counts off what Cooper says. I'm very, very happy to see you again. Old friend says the second word very is on the spiritual mound. And he's pointing to like his index finger Mm -hmm. and he tells Tammy, you think about that. And then that's the, um, that's the, that just happens to be the ring finger too. Oh, was it the ring finger that it was on? I, okay. Yeah. And then I wrote down uh, very and then E-R-E-V or Y-R-E-V. There was something in the well, – that, Yeah. Y-R – Something somewhere. Yeah. Y-R-E-V is very backwards. Right. Mm-hmm. But there was something – it was either in the subtitles or something on, written on a picture or something where it said Y-R-E-V – very backwards, and I can't. I don't know what that was referring to. I've forgotten now. I'll have to go back and look at that. Um, yeah. But the next thing he does is they show Tammy a picture of Cooper, or she. There's a picture of Cooper they're talking about, mm-hmm. and and it's the last time Cooper was seen outside of Rio. And while they're talking about all these things, Diane is listening. Yes, true. Yeah, but we're didn't kind men- of. Didn't they mention something about the girl from Ipanema? Did they? Yeah, they, are you making they, a joke? No, they actually mentioned something about some girl from Ipanema, but I can't remember what what that reference was. Oh well, that, that's well, beside the point. Something like, yeah, something either about the house that he's in front of was bought by the girl, a girl from Ipanema, yes, or a girl from Ipanema. That's remember. what it was. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I think, yeah, something strange like that. Yeah. Now, getting back to the fingerprints, they were implying that one of the fingerprints was actually backwards but then the fingerprint technician flipped it to where it looked like um, the file version of cooper's fingerprints i don't know i was a little confused with that whole discussion about the the one fingerprint being backwards right and i think they're not sure if that's what happened whether the fingerprints are 
are not correct in actuality or whether it's just a mistake of the mm-hmm. the person who processed the photos or whatever. And right. I think that's the thing. I think on one of the fingerprints, is, it's written very, V-E-R-Y, mm-hmm. and on the other one, it's w- written Y-R-E-V, very backwards. Yeah. We'll have to watch a, the scene again. Right, because Cole mentions, yeah, Y-R-E-V, the backwards word. I don't, yeah. Yeah. I'm still yeah. still trying to think on that one, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll give a little more exposition on that. I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah. It was weird. Yeah, it was a strange scene. Yeah. And then, uh, so then we get to the heart of it where where uh, we're at the prison and, mm-hmm. and Diane meets with Bad Cooper Right. And uh, that's a really fun, intense scene. Wow, yeah. (laughs) She is, like, really uncomfortable looking at him and just seeing those dead eyes. And his voice, his voice almost sounds like they've modified it in some way to where it's, like, slowed down or deeper or weird. Yeah, it's just really weird. Yeah, and she keeps asking, you know, where, where was the last time, the last time we saw each other? And he's like... Right, yeah. At your house. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it almost reminded yeah. me of Lost Highway with uh, yeah. Rob, Robert Blake's character. Yeah, I'm at your house right now. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's, yeah. that's going off on a tangent. But uh, yeah, very creepy scene. And yeah, Diane is completely creeped out and she's not buying it for a second. Yeah, uh, she knows it's not Cooper. Yeah, because she even says, who are you? Right. Yeah. Yeah, she does. And he's like, I don't know what you mean, Diane. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it a really good imitation. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and she's like, fuck this. And she she turns the microphone off and the barrier comes down. You know, it's, wow. Yeah. But his, yeah, his eyes were, yeah, just dead. I don't know if they've put black contact lenses in uh, Kyle McLaughlin's eyes or they're just digitally making his eyes look just so black and dead. Yeah. 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 It's just like you were saying they, if I think they've digitally done something to make his chin a little weird at times too, Mm. when he's playing bad Cooper. Um, Yeah. It's really kind of, yeah, it's interesting when he's on screen, what the, they're just like, yeah, it's wild. so weird, such a weird, and he's changed even in demeanor from when he was out in the real world to being in the prison. He's just almost like an automaton. Right. To yeah. a certain degree, you know, he is, he's he, like just n- so no inflection there, whatsoever, just no emotion, right, yeah. no nothing, no, as you know, Diane says, there's, there's something missing inside, you know, when she, when she right. leaves, she's, yeah, she says it's not the Dale Cooper she knew, you know, and it's not has nothing to do with time and the way he's physically changed. It's it's something isn't here and she you know, she's like something's she's something's missing inside. Yeah. Yeah, she points to her heart and says it's something that isn't here. Right. Yeah, there you go. Um yeah. I, and as they're before that happens, they're leaving the prison. You know, she she shuts the window. They go out in a hurry, mm-hmm. and uh, as they're walking out, uh, uh, Gordon Cole says to the guard, um, uh, something or to the warden, keep him here. Uh, don't let you know. Just make sure he stays here or whatever. And the minute he said yeah. that, I'm like, oh, he's he's going out as sure as can be. You know, <laughs> right? Uh, I was just like, oh, you know. And so, of course, yeah, after after the scene with Diane where she talks to um, 
uh, Gordon Cole and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. she, she also says something about um, he asks her a question and she says, that's a long story and I'll tell you sometime or or something like that. Yeah. OK. Yeah, I do remember that. I guess we'll have to wait until she tells him the story. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. At some point, maybe we'll find out. Right. So um, immediately after that, we're back to, uh, you know, Bad Cooper's jail cell, and he tells the guard he wants to talk to the warden about a strawberry. There it comes up, yes. that word strawberry <laughs> again, right? Which he yeah, had, he had it's mentioned. So funny cause... Uh-huh, remember when he had mentioned that before when the uh, alarm system and the cameras and all that went haywire when he uh, yeah. made his phone call says, in a previous episode. Maybe I should call Mr. Strawberry, I think he says. Mm-hmm. And and I totally, I didn't think anything of that, but you mentioned it when we did the show, and I was like, yep. hmm. And then I rewatched that scene, and I'm like, it's hard to tell. The, the, the warden, the first time he mentions it, the warden looks a little shocked and surprised but he, yep. he you're not sure right. uh if if it's something specific or not and of course now we realize it was yeah there's a huge backstory there that has not fully been revealed he um uh yeah tell tell word murphy i need to speak about a strawberry yep um and then we we cut to the scene we talked about where Andy's right. waiting on the road and nobody comes yep he's waiting on and, bing and bing never shows yep. up and I put right. probably killed by Richard Horn is what I wrote, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't thought it through. I guess I didn't think it through that much. I just don't think Richard Horn is evil. I think he's a, I think he's being controlled by evil people doing evil things, and he's caught up in something evil. But I don't think he's evil. But well, yeah. I don't know, though, because he was so nasty with that girl at the Bang Bang Club. Yeah. You know, there's evil in there, but I think maybe yeah. I'm letting – He's conflicted. His cuteness win me over or something. I, yeah. I, I know for a fact that your his cuteness is, is messing with your head a little bit. Right, yeah. I don't yeah. want to believe he's bad. I know, I know. I Yeah. yeah. I, I gather that. <laughs> uh, all right, so where were we? Oh, yeah. Cooper and the Warden. Yes. Cooper tells... Mm-hmm. This this has this some crazy analogy, something about a dog leg, and there's one in my trunk, and the other three went out with information you're thinking about right now. Yeah. Well, you remember that when Bad Cooper was arrested, after he wrecked his car, and they opened his trunk, and they found the drugs and the guns in there, there was also a, a single dog leg in there i think it might have been wrapped in plastic and uh, <laughs> and so i i understood that you know a reference but then he yeah the, hmm, yeah like, i didn't get that right and then like you said he said there are three other dog legs out there with you know that had gone out with information with them and if anything happens yeah. to me you know they'll be coming back to you and then he Mentions this guy, Joe McCluskey. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe McCluskey and the late Mr. Strawberry. Right. Yeah, he says two people. And in the in the um, subtitles, it's it was two people, T-W-O. Um, so he says, right. uh, other three went out with information you're thinking about right now. Two people you don't want coming around if anything bad happens to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe McCluskey. And then he says he wants a car... And Ray Monroe, and of course Ray Monroe is Ray of Ray and Daria. Right. And we were talking 
about that earlier, how mm-hmm. and there's a scene where he tells Ray that I'm to go somewhere. I'm going to need you in two or three days. And I thought Ray was helping him control the the phone at the prison that time. But apparently mm-hmm. Ray's been in prison with him just in a different area. Yeah, that is true. And that's what it turns out yeah, to be. It, and he also says he wants to have a friend in the glove compartment. Right, which we assume is a gun. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And, of course, eventually uh, we see that, that all that takes place. The warden gets him exactly what he wants. Mm-hmm. In fact, yes, he does, eventually. But before that, there's yes. an interesting scene in Dougie's office. Uh-huh. Indeed, yes. Uh, Good Cooper is working on files, and uh, what's the guy's name? Tom. Tom Sizemore Tom. is worried, and he's wondering what the hell that he that that uh, Dougie and the boss were talking about those files. And right. Of course, the detectives then come in and are want to talk to Dougie about his missing car. Right. And then of David course David Ketchner is one of them and um ah. uh, uh the other guy he's a comedian Lenny Lenny something is one of the other detectives that come in. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that you wrote that down because yeah, there was there was a handful of detectives there and I didn't look any of yeah. them up. So, yeah, but they were Yeah, David, definitely David Ketchner's been in a lot of stuff, yeah. Right. They were very recognizable. I was like, "Oh, yeah, I should look that up." But I didn't. So Yeah. Yeah, anyway. not that important. So, um, but before they they can get any information out of him as if they would get any information out of him, Janie E shows up to the rescue and uh Yeah. and helps. It's another thing a lot of people online are just loving Naomi Watts in this, and she just annoys the fuck out of me in this show. <laughs> I think because I just I'm like, how smart can this bitch be if if, you know, Dougie any like if 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 I knew Dougie mm-hmm. and he started like acting like that, I would take him to the doctor immediately. There's yeah. obviously something wrong with him. It's just too silly to believe that I, I just don't get it. I don't get you know, I, it's totally unbelievable that anyone who knew Dougie. It's you know, it's just Lynch. This, this is not <laughs> it's yeah. Lynch being Lynch. Come on. It's not, you know, it's just so that I think it just makes me so mad. I think that it's so stupid and unbelievable that like I can believe like when the guy who goes and gets coffee kind of helps Dougie and pushes him around. Mm -hmm. I can kind of believe that because he doesn't really know Dougie that well. Yeah. But his wife isn't going, dude, there's, there's, you've, you've obviously had a head trauma. We need to go to the doctor's office right, right now. Well, I, I yeah. mean, it's I mean, just too dumb. Yeah. She had mentioned going to the doctor, but never followed through with it. Right. Yeah. She's too concerned with, you know, paying money back and getting other shit done. And I don't know. What are you going to yeah, do? I don't know. <laughs> it just make it just. I just right. think her character's horrible and horribly written, and I, it, and, you know, I think it's you know she's boring by proxy of being near Dougie anyway. Yeah. So I'll let it go. <laughs> yeah, that's really but, but really it, a burr under your saddle. This whole Dougie and Jamie I mean, there, thing. <laughs> there are people who get online and are just loving the Dougie character, and I'm, I'm just like, oh Jesus Christ! What, do you, have you not seen? I don't know. You know, it's, it just pisses me off. It, you know, I, I just look at it as just comedy relief, uh, uh, you know, part of the episode. I, you know, I just. I guess. Yeah. Just kind of write it off. 
Of course, then a, a somewhat exciting scene happens right after that. Right. After yeah. the, the detectives leaves and um, Good Cooper as Dougie and Janie E. leave the office building. Guess who makes a reappearance? It's Minvin. Minvin is back. Minvin, the you know, mini Vin Diesel. And he's armed with a gun. Oh, my God. He's going to shoot Dougie. I was but, thinking before we go too much further, okay. I was thinking about this, the scene in the last episode where Minvin goes on the attack with the with the ice pick. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what's so great about that scene is if you were in an office and all of a sudden this little person started running towards you with an ice pick, you would – he's the perfect killer because you would just stop where you are and it's so absurd it just seems so crazy that he could kill anyone because they would just stop dead in their tracks uh, at the so... absurdity of a little person with an ice pick coming towards you like he's going to kill you I would just stand there like a dumbass with my jaw dropped going what, right? what the fuck is going on <laughs> and I'd be dead in a second I mean he's the perfect uh-huh. killer man yeah <laughs> He'd be frozen like, anyway. like like he'd be frozen like a baby wildebeest as the yeah <laughs> as the oh. as the cats of prey are showing up to kill you. Yes. Uh, anyway, yeah, I was true. I was thinking about that when I was listening to the last episode. I'm like, that that's why Lynch sometimes is so brilliant. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, you just don't see that character, a little person as a murderer, right. a hitman. And it's so genius yeah. because it, the, he'd be the perfect hit man. Um, anyway. I'd agree. <laughs> so he's lunging towards Cooper with, with his non-standard weapon of choice because he is, ice pick is broken. He has to use a gun, That's which right. he doesn't appear to be very comfortable with it. And uh, Right. So good Cooper is actually starting to wake up because he springs into action and grabs the gun and starts chopping Minvin in the throat, directing the gun away, and it goes off. And guess who makes an appearance? The arm, the electric tree brain. The evolution brain. of the arm. <laughs> yes, the evolution of the arm. Squeeze I... his hand off. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I had to put the yes. subtitles on to say, did he just say squeeze his hand off? And it was like, yeah, he just said squeeze his hand off a couple of times. I was like, that is such a bizarre thing to, for the for the evolution of the arm to be right, saying yeah. and uh, and making an appearance in broad daylight. Well, at least to to Cooper's eyes, nobody else saw the thing. Right. And uh, yeah. So he, yes, and so the Minvin runs away, but he left a little bit of himself behind. His entire <laughs> his entire palm meat. <laughs> was left on the handle of the gun that he lost. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's funny. I didn't realize that. I wasn't sure what it was supposed to be, but yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Because then afterwards, during the, the crime scene investigation after the fact, you know, the detective comes and, and peels off this piece of palm, you know, with a pair of tweezers and puts it into a bag crazy yeah. shit man crazy there was shit. a there was a couple scenes during that mm-hmm. segment where uh it was like the news was there interviewing people who had seen what had happened right and um one of the people they talked to is a little girl and i'm pretty sure that yeah. was lynch's granddaughter <laughs> oh, because yeah. i saw a 
I saw some footage of him online where he's painting and uh-huh. she's doing something there with him. And, and the caption said Lynch and his granddaughter uh, is there while he paints or something oh. like that. Um, and I think I think that was her. I think she's the one that said something about he smelled funny. Yes, she did. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. She did. So I could I could hilarious. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's his granddaughter uh-huh. getting a cameo in grandpa's movie. So <laughs> right. Right. And he was like. Say that thing you always say about me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. That was his terrible. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I made that up. I don't know. All right. I'll edit that out. (laughs) No. Okay. All right. So next scene at the Great Northern Hotel, Ben Horn and Beverly, played by Ashley Judd, are talking about the weird sound that they're hearing, the strange humming sound. They're walking... Mm -hmm back and forth through the room and there's a little chemistry going on between the two of those she looks like she's kind of got the hots for old uh, ben horn well in about <laughs> two minutes after that we find out why her husband <laughs> is, yes is in a wheelchair and uh, basically an uh, invalid that looks horrible well that's true but we're jumping the gun a little bit because remember yeah. the, the key came back, the one that got, yes. got, got popped in the mail by Jade, an old key mm-hmm. from the Great Northern. Of course, they they switched over to card keys over twenty years ago. Over twenty yeah. years since we used keys. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that the room where Cooper got shot? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's that's a great memory. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess you know that would be. One of those things that you probably wouldn't forget in your lifetime, you know, right, one of your right. guests being. So, of course, she, she he mentions Cooper and she's like, who's Agent Cooper? And then he mentions Laura Palmer. And she's like, mm-hmm. who's Laura Palmer? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, there are some people watching this show who probably don't even know who <laughs> Cooper and Laura Palmer are. Right. <laughs> so it's for the benefit of the uninitiated, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I wonder if we'll ever find out what that t- that sound is. Yeah, I don't know if that means something or not. It's really kind of interesting. Yeah, it um, is. Okay. But sh- she's going to get it checked out. I think it was right. At some point he told her to go to try and get someone to come in and figure it out or something. Yeah. But then as you said before, then Beverly goes home to her dying apparently husband Tom. And uh, right, he's very suspicious. He seems to think she's doing something that uh, she shouldn't be doing. That uh, she freaking goes off on his ass. Yeah, I didn't want to get a job. I didn't Uh want to go back to work. Right. Don't fuck this up for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Don't fuck this up, Tom. Does does she mean her, her marriage or what? What is something else going on though? That's that's what I want to know. What's yeah, is Beverly. When up I was to watching, something? well, when I was watching that scene, I was like, "Is this husband character supposed to be a character we know?" And for a minute, I thought maybe it was actually Harold, the the agoraphobic. Um, I thought maybe that's who the character was going to be, yeah. but. Um, Beverly's last name is Page, and in the credits there, there's a, was someone named uh, a character named Tom Page, and I don't remember Tom that's, a Tom Page character. That's yeah, that was him. Yeah, obviously. well, yeah, I don't remember yeah. in the original series no, a character no, named no, Tom no. Page. Yeah, that, so as far as I know, that's a new character, and yeah. how how this all fits into the overall story, I don't know. It's yeah, right. It's, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 a big question Me. question mark at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw Ashley Judd for about two seconds in an earlier episode, and I've you know we've seen same thing. It's just like the Balthazar Getty thing where we saw him for a couple seconds and we thought, oh, that's going to be it for them. <laughs> so right. I I was surprised when they came back and nope, Naomi Judd's character is apparently going to have something to do, and it will uh, maybe have something to do with Ben Horn at some point. Right. Exactly. So that remains to be seen. So we will find out. So and then we went. We went to the scene that the internet has exploded about. Oh really? The the empty. Oh my god! People are losing their shit. <laughs> the the excuse me, the empty bang bang bar scene. Right. You know, I always say uh it's the fucking coolest club, the west of the Mississippi. But I guess <laughs> on some. Like on Monday nights, you know, no one's really there. Right, apparently. So <laughs> one of the very longest scenes without any dialogue, just the right. uh, the song Green Onions performed by Booker yep. T and the MGs playing while the right. um, the janitor sweeps up the joint. Sweep, that was a lot of cigarette, right. cigarette butts for a non-smoking right. bar that he's sweeping up. <laughs> <laughs> someone online said someone online said why doesn't someone get this motherfucker a push broom <laughs> yeah no shit man that's too big He's of a place with a little broom right yeah yeah to have that little broom but i just and so that was some you know people shit, are man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people have all these theories about what it means and what's what's going on and all these different things and of course i think there are people who are new to the series because to me that scene was lynch being lynch again right you know he's you know he set the many of the episodes end at the bang bang with a band playing right this is just monday night at the bang bang where no one's there and nothing's going on right until eventually i think i think uh, green onions is a great song that's mm-hmm. very lynch Lynchian, very Angelo Badalamenti kind of style. It was yeah. just to me, it was the perfect song playing. That that's the song that that we'd be playing at full volume on Monday night at the Bang Bang while um, <laughs> okay. uh, Jean Michel Renault is doing the books. Right. So yeah, that was that was the cool part. Is yeah, we we finally see that Jean Renault is back. And he's still in the prostitution business, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Eventually, yep. the phone rings right towards the end of the song's fade out, and mm-hmm. then you get a really interesting one side of a really interesting conversation. Right. He's talking about his fifteen-year-old uh, straight straight A whores, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, Jean Renault is just as creepy as he ever was. Yeah. You know? Although this character is Jean Michel Renault. So he's supposed to be, I guess, a cousin or a brother or a son or something. Well, he was on the original series, as I recall, not as a, a major I, character. He was more of a um, kind of a no, background well, I, character to you know. Jacques Renault. Well, Jacques Renault was the big bad character. Jean Renault right. had a minor role and was in a few episodes of the original series but not doing a whole lot as i recall it's, yeah and i think this is supposed to be a third character well this is the same actor though that was in yeah the, the original series yeah mm-hmm. well, he's a different? renault he's yeah but the, yeah there's a jean renault who is jean michel mm-hmm. it's the same guy who was in the original series it's not a third yeah renault yeah, yeah. Okay. i don't think it's supposed to be a guy from the original series though 
the impression I got was he's just another member of the Renault family. They they all look kind of alike, but maybe and I'm wrong. They're all, and there are two of them named, whose first name is Jean? Well, there's Jean and Jean-Michel. Okay. You well, know, those, those French Canadians. All right. Well, I'll, I'll do some research on that and get back to you. Okay. All okay. Right. Yeah. All right. That would be interesting. Okay. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Lodger was 100% right, and I was 100% wrong. It turns out that, and I forgot this fact, that all three of the Renault brothers in the original series were dead by the end of season two. Jean Renault, played by Michael Parks, was the big bad Renault brother. Jacques Renault was played by Walter Olkiewicz. And there was a third Renault brother called Bernard. But uh, all three of those were dead by the end of season two, as I said. So it appears that Walter Olkiewicz is playing the fourth Renault brother, maybe, or cousin, Jean-Michel Renault, as Lodger stated earlier. So point of correction. I was wrong. Okay, on with the show. But anyway... Yeah. I love that scene. I love that scene. It was so Lynchian. I loved the mm-hmm. music at full volume. I just love that it was, you know, um, it reminded me of uh, there's been a couple of times on this ep- on this series where there was a movie that came out <clears throat> a few years ago called The Brown Bunny. And it's by a guy named Vincent Gallo, right. who was a model, became a director. He directed Buffalo 66. Mm-hmm. He's an actor. He's in it. So in this movie, The Brown Bunny, when it showed at Cannes Film Festival, there was a 20 minute scene where he washes his car and Hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. people people hated it. And (laughs) and they, you know, like Roger Ebert totally panned the movie and was just infuriated by it. And eventually he cut he cut that scene out. And then Ebert said, oh, it's a great film, you know. And I just think about that when these scenes happen with Lynch, where it's just three minutes of green onions (laughs) and nothing's really happening. A guy's just sweeping up. But I loved it. it, it, Yeah. it, it, You know, stuff doesn't have to happen every second in a movie Mm -hmm. or a TV show. There are times where nothing happens, and usually in TV shows, we don't see those moments where really nothing happens. But it was just such a great mood setter Mm -hmm. and, you know, this moment where we're all in the Bang Bang Club when no one else is there, the side of the Bang Bang Club that most people don't see. Right. It was – to me, it was just so cool to be there for that three minutes. (laughs) I agree with that completely. It was was almost like an intermission toward the end of the show. Yeah. Which was yeah, strange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But still, I want yeah, And that's the other thing. I wanted to be there, man. I wanted to be there. Yeah. You want to be there. It's like mm-hmm. you feel like you're kind of hanging out on a really slow night at the Bang Bang Club. Exactly. Or you work there. You're someone else who works there or something. You're the DJ playing mm-hmm. Green Onions really loud while while everybody <laughs> else, you know, yep. everybody else is sweeping up and stuff. But yep. yeah, I just thought it was a great mood center. And that's the other thing, too. A scene like that, sometimes you would usually see at the beginning of an episode, not at the end. But it was just perfectly placed mm. in this episode. I agree. Yeah, because... Well, we were expecting, uh, you know, some scene at the Bang Bang Club, but this is not exactly what we were expecting. Right, yeah. That's that's Lynch for you. He doesn't want you to get into too much of a pattern. He wants to mess with you a little bit. Yeah, I thought it would be really cool if he had a band play at the end of every episode, but now I'm like, wow, it's even cooler than that. It's 
it's a band. Sometimes it's a band. Sometimes it isn't. And sometimes it's, you know, the, the thing you least expect. Right. So next scene, the doppelganger is released with angular faced Ray Monroe in a rental car. <laughs> <laughs> that guy has cheekbones enough for three or four people. <laughs> I, I didn't notice, but now that I'm thinking about it, I know what you're saying, yes. Right. We just basically see him get in the car and leave while the warden watches, so we know yep. uh, Bad Cooper is back out in the real world. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. And then we cut to the that last scene at the R&R Diner, or the RR the Diner. Double R. The Double R Diner, yeah. Right. And... I wrote uh, Double R Diner at night, sleepwalk plays, because as all of this evil happens at night, most of us are just sleepwalking through life, oblivious to it. Or maybe it's just a song that Lynch likes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I did read somewhere that Madchen Amick did a movie after her Twin Peaks days called Sleepwalker, and it, ah. it might have been just trying to reference the fact that she's in this scene and she was in that movie, too. But it could just be a coincidence. Yeah, it could just be as... I just thought it was a great... And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. another instance of Lynch using the right song at the right time. Uh, you know, we're so used to musical performance at the end, and he used two old songs at the end of this one, yeah. uh, two old instrumentals, mm -hmm. uh, instrumentals that he, you know, obviously likes, and they just fit their scenes perfectly. Yes, I agree. Because, um, I, yeah. But the only exciting thing that happened in that was the guy... Busting in the door and go, hey, anybody seen Bing? <laughs> Which Nobody makes responds. sense to me now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense to me now. If that's the guy who owns the truck right. that was so nervous, then that totally mm -hmm. seems that. I mean, I get that now. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, has anybody uh, seen Bing? And then he runs off and Shelly looks around like that was weird. And then there's credits. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. And of course there's it's a long take, you know, while credits are rolling of the diner and you know, I was thinking to myself, wow, I'd like to be hanging out in that diner right now having some coffee and some yeah. cherry pie or something. Yeah. It look comfortable. Yeah, I thought it was really neat that like, you know, again we uh, uh I wrote, I guess the Bang Bang Club didn't have an alt-rock show scheduled for that night. Um, <laughs> yes, I think it's just true. kind of neat, though, that, you mm -hmm. know, it's, you know, so many things happen in Lynch and in Twin Peaks and in Lynch films when it's dark, you know, in, in mm -hmm. the nighttime. Uh, you know, that's when evil really seems to come out. Yeah. And um, so here we are seeing the R&R &R Diner, a normal place, you know, where people just hang out and eat and mm -hmm. the, the town folk go at but it's at night when we know that evil's about to happen but the whole town just is there and kind of seems oblivious to the fact that evil happens at night in their town yeah i was i was kind of thinking that everybody had just left the bang bang club and wanted to get something to eat so they all went to the dolar diner <laughs> well that, and that this is good as an or good as uh, idea as anything yeah, yeah that, place, that may very well be because that place was packed man yeah it was mm -hmm. rocking yeah never seen so many people in the double r <laughs> that's true <laughs> i guess somebody uh, probably some at some time said you know there's never anyone in there how does that place stay uh, around <laughs> how does that how they keep in business yeah now we know there are some busy nights there nighttime mm -hmm. seems to be the time to go so 
Hell yeah, they're they're the star seeds of Twin Peaks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, hey man, awesome. we've got to talk about we've got to talk about the other shows. All right, let's just jump into TV Heaven then. What do you say? All right then. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Da 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 da. TV heaven. TV heaven. <laughs> yes. All right. So, do you want to? One, two, three, four. So, what do you want to do? Cover um, Fear the Walking Dead or uh, Fargo? What's your pleasure? Oh, let's do Fargo, man. Fargo, the the final episode of season three. Yeah, exactly. Was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so amazing. They tied everything up into a nice little bow, or did they? But uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just get into it. You want to just break it down scene by scene? Yeah, sure. Okay, so it starts off, Gloria is typing out a resignation letter. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is all all during the the credit sequence at the beginning, you know? mm Mm-hmm, yeah, which is a really cool credit sequence that they did. All right. Um, And then we see the um, anal IRS guy has all... LaRue Dollard. Yes, LaRue Dollard is his name that we know now. Yes, He has all the books and documents laid out very precisely in in a room that he's working in. mm -hmm. And then they cut to Emmett Stussy signing a lot of documents and papers for mm-hmm. VM Varga. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Cut to LaRue Dollard calls Gloria on the phone. Well, before that happens, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Um, and well, no, no, that is, yeah, that is where he calls her because she's just about to leave. She's packed up her stuff and is right outside of her office leaving, and the phone rings and she goes ahead and answers it. Yes. Um, and uh, he starts explaining shit to her, and she at first doesn't know what the hell he's talking about in relation. She's like, hey, you know, this that, that case is over. You know, that case is closed. We're not going there anymore. Of course, what she doesn't know is LaRue has received all of this information, and he thinks that he's received it from her. Right. But uh, that is not the case. So he explains in fairly great detail about the whole scam that's being pulled off by VM Varga and Emmett, whether Emmett is fully aware of everything that's going on, uh, we're not quite sure of. Yeah, the whole scheme that Varga has done by... Well, the way I get it is what he's mm. what the, eventually we figure out he's doing is they go in, they buy a company, mm-hmm. they borrow a lot of money in the name of this company, they right. pocket that money, yes. they bankrupt the company, and then sell it on the cheap. And leave all the creditors, all the people that borrowed money from, leave them hanging, which apparently is something that you can actually do in business mm-hmm. um, that is not illegal, but you have to do it a certain way, have the right paperwork, which they do not have. Kind of how he explains it, yeah. I think in this in this early part of the episode, too, we see that Nikki and the I, – I hate calling him the deaf guy, but I can't remember his name. Nikki and the deaf guy have a bunch of guns. His name is – his name is Mr. Wrench. Mr. Wrench. Okay. Just like they the, ha- the They tool. have a lot of guns, mm-hmm. and you can see they're planning something. And then in the middle of this 
all of this happening as well, Emmett Emmett finishes signing the papers, Mm -hmm. and then as Varga is talking, he's eyeballing uh, the Asian guy's gun, and eventually, um, eventually he grabs it. Yes, he pulls the gun on Varga and others. Of course, you know that's not going to work out. Uh, so right. the Asian guy, whose name I finally know is Mimo, sneaks up behind Mimo, him yeah. and knocks him out. Right, yeah. Right. And then I think somehow, I guess Nikki calls Varga because the next thing I, I the next thing I remember, mm-hmm. they're going into this kind of uh, uh, bad part of town. And yeah. uh, there's a little boy there, and he mm-hmm. he says Swango, Swango, and they get out <laughs> right. of the car and follow him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, Varga is going to this old industrial area to meet with Nikki uh, to exchange the money for the case. And so yeah, they go into the building, and all I remember there are two elevators there. Mm-hmm. So they and they're looking to. Somehow mm-hmm. they rem- they know they need to go. Is it written on the floor? Go to unit two three seven or somewhere. They're somehow they're told to go to unit two three seven. Yes, something like that. That's right. Or or maybe it says go to the third floor or something. That's the first instruction they receive on the floor. Maybe that's if what I'm it not is. mistaken. Yeah. But once they get up there, then they see a note sitting on a card table that says, "Leave the money. The drives are in unit three o nine or." some number i couldn't make out the the unit number that that was written on there i thought it was 309 right of course so yeah. so the henchmen are walking toward that particular unit vargas stays behind holding the elevator door i think he's anticipating some craziness going on so he's kind of staying back and of course then he gets right. a text message from some guy named ryan that says irs has the drives get out and of course, mm-hmm. yeah. As he, so he jumps in the elevator, and as the door closes, uh, you know the the unit three hundred nine door is opening up, and you see there's there's no case inside of it. There's a person inside of it, and Mimo runs to try to get on the elevator with Varga, but it closes just in time. And then of course, while Varga's in the elevator, he's hearing all this. Uh, machine gun fire and going off and so Varga escapes alone on the elevator while his guys get massacred is what I wrote as a right yeah right yeah and then Nikki's down at the bottom floor waiting for his ass yeah killing all the guys that are there and waiting for him yeah that's right yeah all the guys out in the cars are dead as well as we find out later Mm mm-hmm so she's waiting for him, and the elevator door is open. No Varga. All that's there is the trench coat laying on the floor of the elevator. And, of course, Varga has escaped through the trap door in the ceiling of the elevator, as elevators are want to have, apparently. Mm-hmm. Or at least, right, yeah. Or at least in the movies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Somehow she lets that go, and... Yeah. He doesn't come back, and and so the no. next thing is her and the and uh, Mr. Wrench. Mr. Wrench. Yeah, she gives him all the money. Yep, and says she doesn't wasn't about the money. She doesn't want the money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she says all I want is the brother. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we see the brother waking up with a stamp on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That self same two cent fucking stamp that led to all of this bullshit. And in typical beautiful Coen Brothers 
fashion uh-huh. he takes it off his forehead and throws it on the ground and it means nothing anymore this right. thing that was the whole impetus for the, all that's happened not all that's happened but much that has happened in this season it comes to mean nothing and it's he throws it away on the ground and we never see it again yeah that's the MacGuffin, and it's worthless yeah. at this point yeah <laughs> yeah yep. mm-hmm. yeah so, uh, so yeah. he gets in his car yep <coughs> Goes to and the office, he, yeah. Goes to the office, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that and they're putting up signs for a new business, and the name of the business is Realignment. I thought oh. that was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't catch that. All right, good catch. Yeah, yeah that's funny. And, yeah. And who does he see there? Oh, it's the Widow Goldfarb, who we mm-hmm. now know has been working with Varga all along. And she explains everything that's gone on, and that he's going to declare bankruptcy and... Um, But then he's going to have a lot of money squirreled away waiting for him in some secret accounts, apparently. Right. That's what she says. Right. Yeah. Seems to be true. Yeah. So, of course, and at this point, he's not interested in the money or any of it at all. Um, Yeah. You know, he's just trying to uh, he just wants his life back, I think. Absolutely. Decided at this point. So then we have a great scene in the typical Fargo uh, vast expanse of Midwestern fields um, that just uh, so emblematic of this series and where Emmett's out there in the middle of nowhere and his car just kind of stops. Oh, yeah, but you, you skipped a scene, though. The one where oh, which one's that? LaRue explains it all to Gloria. Yeah. And it says, then she gets a call, so she gets a call and goes to the scene of the carnage where all of the all right. of Fargus men are laying dead. And then uh, Winnie and Gloria are looking at uh, security camera footage of all the people that were involved in this shootout and realize that, you know, Nikki was involved in it, and Varga was there as well, in addition to all right. the, the dead guys that happened to be laying around. But then, right. yeah, so then they leave to go find Emmett because they realize that Nikki is probably on her way to go find Emmett. And lo and behold, right. they, they <clears throat> were right. So, yes, and as you were saying, yeah, Emmett is driving on this desolate road, and all of a sudden, for some reason or another, his car dies. Now, whether Nikki had anything to do with that or not, it was... Oh, I presume that she did, yeah, yeah. although the car yeah. starts later with no problems, but... Yeah, um, Nikki, she have some Nikki kind of, arrives... Mm-hmm. Maybe she had a remote kill switch on his car or something, I don't know. Or something, yeah. Yeah. Because she's there, and she comes up not too long after, gun mm-hmm. in hand, right. um, ready to do him in. And, and then, of course, the cop comes. Yeah, completely unexpected. But, uh, wow, that it changed everything. Ultimately, Nikki and the cop have a shootout. And Nikki's dead, man. She took a bullet yeah, right man. to her forehead. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it couldn't have ended any other way, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think that character could survive because she was still wanting to do evil and and wanting to, to kill Ray, and she still had a grudge and a vendetta. Oh, kill so Emmett, I, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or kill Emmett, yeah. I just don't think there was any way she was going to – she could come out of this smelling like a rose, you know. She's yeah. too far in, and she's done too much – too many crimes to walk away. 
Right. And when the, yeah, when, um, anyway, when the police officer was asking for her ID, if she had actually shown ID, the cop would have known that she had warrants out for her arrest. And so there, there's no way that could have ended well for her. Right. Yeah. But it ended in the worst possible way for her. And so she's dead. And yeah. So, yeah. Of course, after the big shootout, you know, the, the cop and Nikki are on the ground and. What does Emmett do? He just leaves. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Well, yeah. Um, Under the circumstances, what else? <laughs> so then a few minutes later, Gloria shows up at the scene of the crime, and the only thing she says is, okay then. Yep, yeah. <laughs> that was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the character of Gloria has been through so much, and she's, she's you know, I, I think she felt like she could help uh, Nikki and, and save her, but there was no saving her. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, she knows that Emmett is apparently safe because that's why she was rushing in that direction. But yeah, hmm. interesting. But um, yeah, I don't know because she's she knows that Varga is after him. So but of course, the, after that, um, we see Emmett and he's goes to his wife um, and there's a, oh. a little scene in before that. Right. Where Gloria, Gloria and her son pulls over the school bus or son gets out. And they eat popsicles and talk about life and trying to understand about the, you know, the death of his grandfather, who's not really his actual grandfather. And stuff. Right. It was kind of a, a sweet little scene. I'm just disappointed that I don't know why they set up Gloria to have a husband who's left her for another man. And for some reason, that makes it seem like Gloria and her son are on their own. I'm just disappointed a little bit in that part of the storyline. I was like, well, oh, kind of that they never fucked up in yeah. my opinion, that there was no resolution to that. And I mean, yeah. you get the impression that there's not it's not a big issue, but mm. I would have liked to have seen something that resolved it in a in a way where you didn't feel like the guy just left her and and the son and he's not involved anymore yeah well i mean you know the the son whose i guess name was nathan he sees his father i mean it's not like he's completely out of his life it's just yeah yeah they're not there's no resolution there that makes that makes it nice though well, <laughs> that's all there's there's not resolution that that you think is nice. I mean, it's just it is what it is, I think. And that's kind of what the right. takeaway from that scene is. You know, sometimes life isn't necessarily the way you want it to be. But, you know, that's that's the way it is pretty much. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, like you said, Emmett goes crying back to his wife, Stella. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then things start happening kind of quickly. Right. They, yeah. They, they then they show the title cards as five years later, and uh, I put a note mm-hmm. here: life is back to normal? Question <laughs> mark. Yeah, Emmett's pleaded guilty to tax fraud and does two years probation. We still don't know if there's money offshore that he, and if there is, does he know about it? Right. Yep. Um, and Sai uh, is definitely brain damaged from uh, the poisoning uh, he went through. Um, <laughs> seems to be. St- slowly recovering maybe maybe you won't make a full recovery but i don't know five yeah, year, five years later not an, yeah, five years later right, yeah. yeah and he's still bubbling at the mouth but uh yeah <laughs> emmett emmett says something that's like so so much like what emmett would say he's like oh good as new he says about Sai. Yeah. it's like no yeah no he's not good as new uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> 
So then Emmett, you know, goes to the kitchen to get the uh, dessert out of the fridge, which is some kind of a, I don't know, is it a cake or a pudding or something? And looks beautiful. Something jello mold, I don't yeah. know, yeah. It looked delicious, whatever it was, but he never got to eat a bite of it because <laughs> Mr. Wrench shows up behind him with a silencer and settles the score and puts a bullet in the yep. back of uh, Emmett's head. Finally, finally completes what Nikki wanted to have completed yep and well, then what's mm-hmm. so great in about the show is the you know again time passes or or the same five years has passed and yeah. we see gloria burgle again and she works for the department of homeland security right. I was just like, that's the perfect evolution of that character that's exactly what you want to see she has been vindicated and mm-hmm. whether she had to quit and move on with her life or or whether some other way things happen she's freaking you know become the badass that that we all knew she was and that she knows she is right yeah definitely in a stroke of poetic justice sort of turns out varga mm-hmm. has been caught and he's now calling himself daniel rand and they have a very interesting conversation about uh, what the world is really like. Glorious seems to think that, you know, it's going to go this way. Varga is going to end up at Rikers Island, and she's going to go home and have Snickers bars or something. Right, like. right. And then yeah, his, with his son. Yeah, and his, and his take on what's going to happen in the future is he's going to walk free and disappear into the world. right. It's it's a dichotomy of of the way she sees the world versus the way he sees the world, and you know, and the, and they don't the dichotomy answer, of right. They don't answer the question who 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 was right. You know, we don't see right. did somebody come in and haul Vargo away to Rikers Island, or did they say, okay, Mister Mister Rand, you're free to go. We don't know. They just right. leave it hanging up in the air. You know, and uh, so I wrote. I wrote a paragraph, so I uh, so uh, uh-huh. forgive me for for <laughs> reading it, but for your um, verbosity, there's a, yeah. There's a scene where there's a, a part of dialogue where she she says something about our great American experiment. We'll just see how our mm-hmm. something about our great American experiment. And I'm like, uh, she calls it that because that's what it is. That's what this show is about. Good versus evil. The girl who believes in hope and goodness and righteousness and truth and mm-hmm. law and justice and America and Varga, the man who believes goodness only exists because if it didn't, who would care about all the evil in the world? Uh, be- he believes evil must must exist uh, exists because it must exist because it's the true way and those who are good are only there to make his evil more salacious and real and in the end we wait while a blurry clock we cannot read counts time to see which <laughs> one wins good or evil so yeah i thought it was the, that's beautiful the beautiful yeah i thought that ending mm-hmm. well, thank you i thought that ending was so beautiful and poetic i yeah. just you know when it's happening i was like you know and they show the clock and you're waiting for the the resolution mm-hmm. and then you realize the resolution is what you believe you know uh, it's one of right. those you know do you you know you get to decide and mm-hmm. of course most people will want to believe that good wins but um in the back I think of that's your what mind America is about yeah. yeah in the back of your mind you know some sometimes evil does win Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, just, sometimes Trump does get elected. Well, that's what <laughs> I was. I was like, I, you know, what I loved about the end too was 
she was the most good character. You know, Nikki Swango had some goodness in her. Other characters, you know, uh, Winnie Cooper, they have goodness, but she was the true goodness uh, in the show. And and mm-hmm. Varga is definitely the true evil in the show. And to yes. end with the two of them in a room waiting to see how things end, I just thought that was so perfect. Just what a you know amazingly written uh, series and amazingly written finale. Right. But yeah, I put this is the true experiment of America of good v- versus evil, and nothing could be more relevant in America right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this quite possibly could yeah. be the best season of Fargo so far. It certainly, yeah. certainly is certainly as good as the other two. Mm-hmm. It's certainly you know I I would be hard pressed to pick one as the best because yeah. all three seasons have been amazing. It's such a great right. show. And you hate, you know, every time a season ends, you hate it because mm-hmm. you, you, f- you fall in love with these characters and you care about them. You know, uh, we were joking in the last episode that like a Gloria Burgle, Winnie Cooper, two, <laughs> you know, Cagney and Lacey type show. Wow. I would watch that Wouldn't every that be awesome? week because yeah. you just... Yeah, you just want to spend more time with her. She's such a great character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I in the first series, uh, Colin Hanks and the girl who plays his wife, who's I think she's pregnant, isn't she? Maybe. I can't remember what. But the, I don't know. yeah, she's a cop and he's a cop and they're in love. And, of course, Billy Bob Thornton is doing some kind of evil. But you just love mm-hmm. those characters, those cop characters. Colin Hanks – I love Colin Hanks. He's great anyway. You know, you, you, right. you just care about the characters every season, and you – and they take you on a ride. You know, I was thinking too about the beginning of the series, this season three, where we had that scene where where it was set in East Germany, and the and the guy was getting questioned because he lived in a uh, an apartment where yes. someone else had lived, but you mm-hmm. know he was using that apartment and that name, and so they were going to convict him of a crime that he didn't do just because his name was on the lease on the building or some crazy shit. Right. And. I yeah, was, he was being was railroaded like, for yeah some crime he obviously did not commit, but they were right. they were definitely gaslighting him into almost believing that uh, yeah maybe he did. It's crazy. Right, and I think that there's never any I, you know there was I, never I wanted, any callback to that in this series. Well, I, I think the callback was that that's what happens in a in a country where there is no a good and you know there is no good government oh. there is no. Good police mm-hmm. officers who are, you know, Gloria Burgle right. is a good police officer who knows who will stick with it and get the truth. Even if it takes five years, she will work at it and work at it and chip away at it until she gets the truth. Mm-hmm. While the other some of the other cops are like, oh, I've solved the crime, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and if right. you live in a country where the cops are all like that or where they don't care or, or worse, they're evil, you know, that's that's the difference between. Those countries and America okay. is America is supposed to be where where good will win, you know. Yep. Such a great show. Yeah. Jesus, man. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> America can stay like that. It makes you hopeful when you see a series like that, boy. Yeah. It it sure made me hopeful, you yeah. know. And yeah, it sure it, and does. It, it reminds you it reminds you that it's precious that you know we have to have the best cops and the best lawyers because there are certainly some really good evil fuckers out there mm-hmm. and and 
So the good have to be super good at what they do to combat the evil that's out there. Cause wow. someone like Varga is, is out there yeah, and, he is, um, and, you know, brilliantly evil. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Um, that's this, why I love that. Yeah. It's them. At, it's mm-hmm. him and her at the end. It's so right. perfect. I think, I think this is the first season though, when there's not a definite, finality or ending to the to the show where all the loose ends are tied up you know because there's just one right yeah big loose end between varga and, and gloria that isn't quite tied up for us right we can only speculate I <clears throat> yeah i think it's you know i i, I it's a trick that writers use a lot to mm-hmm. to end uh something to end a story on an ambiguous note where it's kind of like, you know, I remember when we were in elementary school, they would show you a a video of a story Mm -hmm. where it would end at a crossroads and then they'd be like, now you write the end of the story, you know, Hmm. did did good win or did he, you know, Uh, and you know, it's some, I don't know if you ever had an exercise like that when you were in elementary. I think I vaguely remember something like that. And it it really kind of tells you a lot about you, how you end the story. That's for sure. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think even though that's a, you know, Fargo is great because even though sometimes it does use some standard things that you've seen before, it does it in a way that's so exceptional that you can forgive it easily. You know, for me, it's it's when when you say out loud, oh, it ends with the scene where you decide whether good or evil wins. That sounds so trite and contrived. But obviously the series is way, you know, better than than that makes it sound. And and that's exactly how it had to end, you know. Yeah. I mean, we all want to see we all want to see the the them come get Varga and take him to Rikers, Mm -hmm. but we live in a world where that doesn't always happen, you know. Right. So maybe there's no other way they could have ended this season than with that. I think so. That stalemate, especially at this time in our lives. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's completely timely, and that general that general feeling of what's going to happen that is pervasive right now in our culture. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where, yeah. What we were talking about in the pre-show, yeah. where are we, where are we going and what's going to happen next? And can yeah. we make it until something better happens? Right. Yeah. You're tapping into that zeitgeist, man. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Hey man, okay. I think we should end there and we can do, right. even though the fear of the walking dead episode was their best one ever. Yeah. We can talk about that next time. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, we can just cover okay. a couple of episodes at once. They, you know, they they're connected to each other. So yeah, we'll, absolutely, we'll work it out. All right, cool, cool. Uh, long but good episode. Loved it, enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Let me go Myself ahead and do as well. Yeah, it's always fun spending a, an evening with you, Lodger, talking about too, shit man. that uh, yeah that we like, especially the shows that we like. Uh, let's go ahead and read a oblique strategy and get the heck out of here then. Okay. All right, sounds good. Um, what question should we ask? What question has, ar- has arisen? Um, uh, Can we make it through the next three and a half years? Oh, <laughs> wow. That is a big question. Can we Let's make it through deep. the next three and a half years of this crazy political process that we're stuck in? Yes. Okay, and Oblique Strategy says, what were you really thinking about just now? <laughs> 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 yeah. Actually, I was kind of hopeful, so that makes me feel good. Yeah. I'm maybe I'm a little like Gloria and thinking that, you know, 
eventually things will will right themselves and that uh, right yeah trump will be in rikers and we'll all get to eat snickers bars (laughs) (laughs) it could happen yeah um we'll see grotesque grotesque table says age me a heavy twig (laughs) (laughs) age me a heavy twig Hmm. yeah Wow. Time will pass, I guess. Yeah. Trees grow slowly, my friend. Mm-hmm. Time passes slowly, but the tree does grow. Yeah, it almost sounds like, you know, mighty oaks start with small acorns or whatever that yeah. quote is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One day at a time, baby. One day at a time. Yep. Well, cool. All right. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and close this puppy out by saying All right. slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Squeeze his hand off! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) 